0: this for you guys
1: welcome to we the thunder i'm back we've got the professor it's time to go to school and we've also got of course of course we have the stash with us as always uh oh and we have a special
0: entrance for him clearly uh i'm not john cooper (laughs) (laughs)
1: from last show uh so um yeah it's been facts it it was a good show it was a good show with uh Casey Hudson who was kind of filling in for me she did a very good job you guys not so much can't give you guys too much credit for, for last yeah. week's show. If anyone actually listened to it or watched it, you'll you would have hear, heard some awesome predictions like this. That's like 45 years. zero
2: losses in 2023 so far for the bolts. I'll take it.
1: A, a nice take there by Schoolie. Another nice
2: take towards the end of the show, by the boys. I just feel they're on some kind of other level right now.
0: I feel like they're finally on a run. I feel you, man. The
1: insights you get on this <laughs> show. This is a team clearly ready to go for a road I had
0: the fans for the fans. Uh, what what else can we talk about? I mean, that's that's like the subtitle of the show, right?
1: Well, at least we had someone with a little bit of knowledge on the show this okay. week. And, and let's, let's play the John John with a blown clip of her that we have.
3: They started to clean it up a little bit, but you can, if you go into Winnipeg racking up penalties, it's going to be a nasty game.
1: Going to Winnipeg, racking up penalties, and it was a nasty game. So she was spot on. And the other thing I liked about KC is this this uh, little snip from when you guys were playing the game that I invented. This is fun. you hear that? Let me just, let me just go over that again.
3: This
1: is fun. This is fun. <laughs> this yeah. is fun. She was drunk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I sent her a care package uh, so she could do a stash style. <laughs> all right, let's stop. Let's let's cut it out. Let's cut it out right now. Um Cuz we got a we got a guest. First I got to let y'all know. I talked to my guy at Monkey Colt Coffee and during the show tonight, in fact until midnight, you can use that code GOALS10 again. Get 10% off your Monkey Colt coffee. You can see it in stores around the Bay Area, but if you live further away or if you just want to order online, go online, get 10% off. Um goals 10 is the code to do
2: that. Now, of course, Steve just ordered five bags, so he's like, Oh crap.
1: Steve, <laughs> I, I still actually haven't even had the coffee. I just wear the merch Matt. until until probably next show <laughs> when, when I just talked to Matt about getting Matt. some. Steve was Matt. the one who told me that it oh, is legit some Gotta of
0: the best to, coffee he's ever had. Dude, go to Sunshine Liquors if you're not gonna go ahead and buy online to support our own show. At least go to Sunshine Liquors, bro. Support Joe, George and the Neat Freaks. That's where I got my bag. So There you have it.
1: All right. You guys ready to talk some hockey? Some real yeah. hockey That's, with a I mean, real insider?
0: Someone that some brings some kind of expert knowledge to this show. Of ham and eggers that don't know what the hell they're talking about, right? That's why we,
1: we have to bring guests on to do this because, as we heard, I
0: just feel they're on some kind of other level right now. Yeah, I feel like they're finally on a run. I feel you, man.
2: And, and They're on a the run, a losing
0: one.
1: <laughs> and I have to let Stash know that I did have a special sound clip that I will be using all the time now.
0: That's a very good point. <laughs> Thank you, Stash. That's a very good point. <laughs> all right, enough with that. <laughs> Come on, bro, seriously.
1: All right. Let's bring on Eric Erlinson, lightninginsider.com. Eric. Uh, uh, do you agree with these guys who think this team's on a tear right now? <laughs> yeah. They are they, they are on home ice.
4: Does yeah. that count? They are on home ice. They're very good on home ice. Eh, yeah. On the road? On yeah. the road they're they're literally they're average on the road. They're 9 and 9.
1: The problem is how many road games do they have coming up over the next couple months? A lot. <laughs> Including next week when they go out
4: for five to St. Louis and Seattle, Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary. That's going to be a tough trip, but at least at least this year, that trip is in January, not in March. Like it was last year. It was brutal in
0: March. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, this month is the month they're going to have to survive. Luckily that was
0: was our fifth back to back already too. Something like that or no more than that. I think um, probably
1: probably right around there. They have, uh, I think they're top three in the league for back to backs, but yeah. They were so good with back to backs last year. I always say like it shouldn't matter. They didn't lose in
4: regulation in back to backs last year. year. They were 10 and two, right? So,
1: does it really matter that much?
4: It, well, it just shows you every year is different, and especially this year with so many new players, new faces. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of newness going on with a team that we're so used to everything being, you know, not status quo, but you know, pretty much it's been the same roster for the most part for the past four or five years, right? few changes here and there but you know this year a lot of newness and uh, you know i think that's why they're 500 on the road is because they're just kind of getting used to each other even though we're about halfway through the season
2: yes yeah, it, so it was their fifth back-to-back
1: yeah and, and they've got several more too so they're they're one mm-hmm. that has you know more than a lot of the other teams that are out there um so let's go back eric go go back to with uh with us through the last couple of games we'll start in Chicago last week um Moose was in there I believe that was expected he was going to start the first game of those back-to-backs with Chicago and um in Minnesota Lightning looked pretty good in that game one four to one kind of a slow start yeah. uh gave up the first goal uh we did see a Patty Maroon goal which I believe is good luck I think we're two and zero when Patty Maroon scores so um, from there on out, I put all my money in the Lightning. And they came through and won, beating the team that they should probably beat. Had to beat. They had to beat that team. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Um, sluggish start, slow start. They were actually lucky to get out of that period, the first period, 1 1, right? Like Chicago was all over them. And, you know, sometimes you get these situations. Um, what was it Chicago had one win in 13 games, two wins in 19 games, 21 games, something like that? So you knew that. Look, Chicago's in the Conor Bedard race. There's no doubt about it. But when they see that lighting bolts come across up on the uh, calendar, in, in some ways, that's their Stanley Cup, right? Hey, they're the two-time Defendly Stanley Cup champion. They've been in three straight Stanley Cups. If we don't show up, we might get blasted out of the building. So you, I think you see this a lot with these teams. And you knew it was going to be somewhat of an emotional push for tampa bay to get up to the level they need to get up to and they just couldn't find it for the first period you know coming off that game against the rangers you know before they left town that was as intense of a game as you're going to find in december and for a team that's used to playing a lot of those style of games you know you played arizona on new year's eve then they got to face chicago it's just it was tough to find the emotional level but um, i think they finally rallied behind brandon hagel a little bit you know, in his first game back to Chicago and, and kind of move things around there. So, um, not the best, crispest game that they've played, but they got good goaltending from Brian Elliott and their power play showed up. Uh, Brandon Hagel involved on both the go ahead goal and the insurance goal, obviously scoring the one on the power play. Uh, a game they had to win because you knew, as we're about to discuss, the next two games were going to be difficult games, especially the game in Minnesota for whatever reason.
0: <laughs> Cursed period yeah you could
1: you could kind of tell in that chicago game hagel was going to score from the beginning i don't think he scored till the third but you you could tell he was going to score that game he was one of the best players on the ice
4: yeah he was fired up for it you know it's uh for a guy who had never been traded in his career you know and and i go back to the story that i wrote on him uh, one in training camp about where he talked about the difficulties of being traded for the first time and not knowing the city that you're coming to and not knowing anybody on the roster. You know, you figure at some point you get traded, you know, you'll, you'll have crossed paths with somebody on the team you're going to he knew nobody, right? Like he mm-hmm. really came in cold and, you know, in the conversations that I've had with Brandon, you can tell he's kind of a quiet reserve kind of guy that it it kind of takes a little bit to kind of, get to know him and have him open up a little bit, especially for us in the media. Like we're, you know, we're viewed differently than, you know, just about anybody else that would have a conversation with him, you know, but then, you know, when I had a chance to talk to him, you know, a month or so into the season and he opened up about, you know, the tattoos on his arm and, you know, the story behind that with two of his uncles having committed suicide a year apart from each other. And then you start to understand, you know, why it takes a little bit for him to feel comfortable and to feel welcomed. And, and to, you know, if if you're part of his family and he was trying to get used to a new hockey family, you know, he's settled in and he's gotten really comfortable and and he knows who he is now. He knows what's expected of him. He knows, you know, what, what the coaching staff is looking for him to do and he's thriving. And, And I think that's just a comfort level from, you know, him now being here for a little bit and feeling like he's in a spot uh, he's, he feels, he feels home. I, I guess that's the way to put it. And for him feeling home and the, you know, the, the tightness he has with his family, especially that's after the last few years, um, his game has really started to shine. So you knew going back to Chicago, some of that emotion was going to come out and, and not in a, you know, bursting kind of way, but you know what, you knew that game meant a lot to him. And by, you know,
2: uh, addition, it means a lot to his teammates. A lot of people said they were, they're surprised by his play here. But obviously they saw something in him in Chicago because they had him on the Tays-K line. And then he yeah. gets it here, he gets on the Kucherov point line. I mean, obviously to coaches and scouts, he is worth those minutes in that top line. Um, so really it shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. But I know when we traded for him, giving up the Kachuk, giving up, um, the draft giving up, uh, who was the other player we gave Radish, up? Taylor Radish, Taylor Radish, Radish. You know, people were freaking out, and then when he didn't just come in here and just start scoring goals like crazy last year, people were like, What was JBB doing? and then all of a sudden this year he starts scoring, and everybody's like, Oh, he
0: might as well be Yanni Gord now, but right, look at all along. So
1: for him to be Palat's replacement. And last year, he played on Not the third line. Not this according year, to armchair
0: Piazza. GMs out there. Not according to armchair GMs. It was supposed to be whatever. People didn't know that there's a long-term plan. Shocking for a GM up against the cap space trying to replace a guy who knew he was going to be walking out the door. And, I mean, he was scoring goals at Chicago. This should yeah. be no surprise. When he was on the top yeah. line, he was scoring goals. not as prolifically now, but I'd argue to say that he has two better line mates than he did in Chicago, to be honest with you. And I think his style meshes way more with those two guys that he's playing with now as well because he's faster than people think he is because he's a little bit bigger than point and even a little bit bigger than Kucherov. He's like the same size as Kucherov, but he kind of on, on his skates and on the ice, he plays a little bit bigger than both of those two guys do. So he's a good compliment to them. And he still has all the moves. He still can stick handle. He still has the shot. He still has the ability to get into space and create chances for himself. So, I mean, it it should be no surprise to see the kind of talent that other guys that, you know, JBB and even Chicago saw in this guy.
4: His greatest asset is his quickness. Mm -hmm. It's his ability to recover pucks. And, you know, I've, I've had this conversation several times with Chief. Him... Being able to retrieve pucks, like it's made a huge difference on the number one power play. First and foremost, you know that first power play was kind of struggling early in the year. As soon as they move Brandon Hagel up to it, all of a sudden now your you know loose pucks aren't getting away from you. You're not having pucks cleared out of the zone you're getting the retrieval and a lot of it is because of Brandon Hagel and his ability you know to quickly get on top of pucks and he uses that quickness on the forecheck and the more often he can win pucks and put them into the stick of Braden Point or Nikita Kucherov you're gonna have better chances to score goals and he understands exactly what's being asked of him he's doing it well and where have most of his goals come from this year right around the crease around the hash marks right like and he's not a big guy what is he Five ten. You know, 175, 190 pounds. He's right. not a big guy at all, but he plays a big game. And I think when they did acquire him, you did think, okay, we're probably going to lose Andre Pilat. So this is a guy that we feel we can plug into a top-line type of role. He might not be Andre Pilat, He's certainly not as physical as Andre Pilat or big. Andre, you know, Pally was, what, six one, two hundred 200 pounds. He had a little bit of size to him. But he plays a similar style of game in that he works the corners well. He works the boards well. He recovers pucks well. And that's why he meshes so well with point Kucherov, because he understands what is, um, you know, what makes him valuable to this team. And he goes out and does it. And, you know, they knew he could do it because he was playing with Kane. He was playing with Taze. He could play with top line guys. It just took a little bit for him to get there because he was asked in the postseason to play a different role. And he played it well. How many times in that playoff run? with Kalorn and Sorelli and Hagel, were they just, not only were they the shutdown line, they they weren't producing the points, but how many times were they in the offensive zone just wearing down the other team's top line? So they weren't getting the production offensively, but they were doing everything except that. And when you can make the top team play hard in their defensive zone, you've already won.
0: Yeah, and that's a good segue because I was going to say there's a lot of similarities between him and Sorelli as well he's a little bit more offensively capable on that top line, but he's playing that two-way game, and having him and Sorelli on a penalty kill also has been a huge improvement, and why I think that was so solid. I mean, Winnipeg, they've been taking too many penalties. When you take too many penalties, your PK is not going to hold up, but you know, I think that it's really coming into that road trip. It had been doing really well, and having those two guys out there uh, make a big difference, too, because of that puck retrieval and that the, they play in the boards for check in, in their own zone behind the uh, below the goal line. It's a similar thing. They they don't get the puck up. And I thought he compliments Point a lot on the matching
2: speed. I mean, you see on some of the games, um, we talked about this before, Cooch just shoots it to them because he knows they're both already down and they uh, down past the blue line and headed the other way. Um, where point was definitely the fastest on that ice for several seasons, and now it seems like Hagel can keep up with his, and they're side by side going down that ice, and it's great that Cooch recognizes that and can really shoot it to either pass it to either one of them, knowing that they're breaking away going the other way. you
1: should be an all star.
2: Yeah. <laughs> hey now.
1: Um, so yeah, the the Hagel homecoming went well for the Bolts. Went well for Hagel. And then on to Minnesota, where we hear right before the game, the Moose is going back to back, um, which, you know, isn't a horrible thing, but it's like, what happened to Vassy, And we get news that Vassy is ill. Is there a curse on the Lightning in Minnesota, Eric? Uh,
4: well, two things I want to say about that. First of all, I, I got it wrong, and I was not in the building but obviously, you know, a lot of people saw Ed's tweet that Brian Elliott let him out. I, everybody was like, wait a second. What? Are you sure that's the case? Because I saw other people that were in the building said, no, it's Vasilevsky. So I checked with somebody in the building. They said, no, it's Vasilevsky. So I put out that tweet that said, hey, I know there's a lot of confusion. But from what I've told, it's Vasilevsky. Well, I made Ed look bad. So that's on me. Uh, so people can send their you know, hate towards me on that one. Please leave that Ed alone. Ed's a great guy. You know, Ed 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 had it right. I got it wrong. I put him in a bad spot. I made him look bad. That's completely on me. The second part, yeah, they're cursed. Of course, they're (laughs) cursed. The best thing about that game was the North Star colors the Wild were wearing in their jerseys. That was the best part about the game. To some, because um, you know, if if well, anybody
0: not from Minnesota, basically, right? Because like everyone, I feel like everyone that lived there hates it because it's like not even affiliated. But anyways, go ahead.
4: It, it it's it's retro, so it's cool yeah. again.
3: Right, right, that's
4: right. The whole reason we bring these red shots. Oh, no, that's right. Just like the lightning's uh, you know, Storm Surge jerseys. Everybody mm-hmm. hated those when they were out in the nineties. Yep. Everybody's like, Yeah, those are cool now. So uh, no, eventually not. eventually it won't be <laughs> cool again. So uh, but there's no doubt that they're cursed. And um he, 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 the first goal, it, it, the puck completely rolls off the blade of Joel Erickson X stick, goes off makes perfect skating in the net. Yeah. You know, Jared Spurgeon sends a shot that's going 10 feet wide, ends up on the back of the net because it hits yeah. stand steel. There's no other rational explanation other than they're cursed. And if yeah. nobody's heard me tell this story yet, it's the curse of Dan Cloutier. And right now, people are like, Dan Cloutier? What's the curse of Dan Cloutier? This is the curse of Dan Cloutier. The Wild's expansion year, which was 2000, 2001, it's early in the season. It's October. The Lightning only had one win. The Wild had yet to win a game. So, the Lightning's first trip into XL Energy Center at that time, the Wild are winning the game five to four. So, then coach Steve Ludzig, thinking ahead, probably overthinking too much, thinks that Dan Cloutier is a little bit of a better skater than Kevin Weeks, who started the game in net. So, Late in the game, they pull Weeks. They put in Cloutier because they want that, I don't know, extra half second, whatever it takes for a goalie to get to the, to the bench from the crease. They want Cloutier in. So Cloutier comes in, and then when they get the puck, the extra attacker, boom, off he goes to six on five. Well, Minnesota scores an empty net goal. Marion Gabrick's second goal of the game. So now they're up 6-4. Weeksy goes back in. During the final minute, Freddie Modine scores a goal. So now it's 6-5 with like 15 seconds left. It's a garbage goal. It wasn't going to do anything. But because Dan Cloutier was in net when it was still a 5-4 game, he's the goalie of record. Dan Cloutier logged 24 seconds of ice time, did not face a shot, and he got saddled with the loss. Got the loss. So oh. the curse of Dan Cloutier, the lightning are now two twelve and two all time in XL Energy Center. So the only rational explanation is yes, they're completely cursed in that building.
2: Absolutely. There you go. <laughs> well, obviously we need to bring Dan back for our game.
1: <laughs> 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 they need to bring in the Minnesota. Or sorry, but they should the have twenty-four seconds and win for 24 seconds or something towards the end right. game to see if they could just reverse the curse. <laughs> yeah, cause because, yeah, I'll have to bring that up saying, to John Cooper. Nothing, He'll probably just look at me funny. Nothing. went <laughs> Right. I, I saw a lot of people complaining, you know, where's Vassie, you know, yeah. let's get, he, he was out obviously out sick. And and to kind of, you know,
4: cause I was talking to some people this morning as the team was back in town, like Elliot was on the ice a long time, Wednesday morning. So that's not going to be the case, especially in the back to back. If he wasn't start, if he was starting, Right. So the plan was he wasn't going to play. I, I'm not sure the time frame. Other than what John Cooper said afterwards, it was that basically when Elliot showed up to the building, they said, "Hey, we're not sure if Vazhi's going to be able to go." That's when he found out because there's no way he's expanding that much energy in a morning skate having played the night before. So obviously it was sometime between probably three and well, what time did that game start? <laughs> almost ten o'clock Eastern. Yeah. So eight, almost eight yeah. o'clock. Um, actually, almost nine o'clock Central Time. So, yeah. uh, is it, it, sometime between probably six and nine o'clock is when Brian Elliott found out. Hey, we need you tonight, and that's why Vazzy didn't start. And and I guess uh, again from talking to Ed this morning, you know Vazzy was just kind of doing this and warmups.
1: Yeah, there's you there's know, a there was video. no He's energy. Like yeah,
4: yeah. So, um, well, the, I mean, the, even the in, plan it, was yeah. to start Vazzy and obviously he, he he didn't feel well enough to go.
0: In spite of that, I I don't think that you can really fault elliot for that loss no. i mean we talked about those first two goals no. you they don't get more fluky than that and then the other two goals one was a really good screen yeah. and the other by one is, it, right yeah. exactly by our own guy and then the other one is just a, a miscommunication on uh, the, the switch at the top of the zone because two guys that haven't been on the ice that much together are out there yeah. and they had and so you know what i mean like the four of those goals you and i honestly i didn't see the fifth goal i got distracted with the family at the end of that game so like but it with with yeah so like i i, I did but like for those goals you can only really put on elliot honestly yeah. like it's not like he played poorly in the back-to-back and even having been on the ice all day for warm-ups you know what i mean so they played well
4: they played well in that game but not well enough right it's just Right, and that's what I don't think they they played played hard, but not hard enough. They played smart, but not – So it was just just enough of an effort where they could have won as opposed to what we're used to seeing. They put in an effort where they should have won, and I don't think that's a game you can sit there and say they should have won.
1: And I thought the Wild looked really, really good. I mean, they are a fast team, and they were physical too. Like they were – they came out hitting – and uh, I don't know if the Lightning were really ready for it. I had kind of in the back of my mind, all right, if Vassie's sick, then a couple of those, these other guys must be. Absolutely. There's no on. way
4: just one person's feeling the effects of whatever. Because it's just that time of year. I mean, my, my myself, I was in my bedroom over Christmas because I had COVID, right? I wasn't really sick, but I was... You know, I was laid up because when I went to go to the to the clinic, they said, yeah, everything's going around. The flu, COVID, you
2: know, everything is going around. Tyler Johnson missed the Chicago game because he was sick. He did warm ups. And then after warm ups, he was like, I'm too sick to go. So he didn't play in the Chicago game. So I don't know if
1: I'm (laughs) sick.
4: Is, is is that the curse of Tyler Johnson? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That,
0: there <laughs> we go. So hot, all hot tubbing the night before? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, and, and Gustafsson made some incredible saves early on in that game as well. He made a couple of a saves. He did what really you asked. He kept them, kept a wild dinner early after those fluky goals. So yeah, I mean,
1: all the puck luck. It, was I don't on think one side. you
0: can. Yeah, like I, as much as people were losing their shit on the internet, I don't think you really I know. I know. can look at that game as being. Such a terrible loss.
2: And they had the addition of Ryan Reeves. Uh, like,
0: Winnipeg. You know, know. I, don't, I think that's a different story.
1: Yeah, so so let's go on to, to Winnipeg, right? You you hear Hedman's out. He's having his baby, from which I haven't heard if he had it yet. I don't think Thomas would know.
4: He did, I think. Yes, he did. Yeah, I, I, I can tell you that the team hasn't released it, but yeah, they did have the baby. Yeah. Here, so, so he's going to play tomorrow night for sure. Yep. And, and he's guaranteed to score a goal. So if you're making prop bets, it's always the, the new father goal. Yeah. <laughs> Keep that in and, mind for later, guys.
2: <laughs> and uh, I had known that he didn't fly to Winnipeg because I had a friend that was at the hotel. And when they arrived in Winnipeg, and Stammer and Sergeyev said they he, that he didn't come, he flew back home. And so I got a message right away that night saying – um is hetty's wife going into labor like i'm at the hospital you know i'm right. not here. A, a real
0: insider uh, thomas schooley
2: sitting outside the hospital and so i'm like i don't know and of course at this time it's like three in the morning our time and i'm like i have no idea and they're like well stammer and chef just said that uh hetty didn't fly to winnipeg with them and so that's the only reason that we could think of why he wouldn't have went there so and then the next day they set out the release saying he was going home to be with his wife for the baby so headman out
1: ahead, Cooch 600th game scores a goal as as he does yeah. um but this the tale of this game was just awful penalties all over the place casey called it you can't can't put up that many penalties against winnipeg you can't put that many penalties against the panthers anyone nobody you can put that many penalties on um it was the extended two extended five on threes that that's I, what killed them. really kind of the difference in this mm-hmm. game bad penalties i think one was a delay of game um the other one was you know another kind of avoidable penalties I go When you go five on three against a team like the Jets against your old coach um, who probably knows a couple things about how the lightning play, Um, you know, lightning found themselves on the wrong end of a four to two loss. It was two to two going into the third period. So they they played okay from the reports that I saw. Cooper was not happy, called out the team. Um, Now, Eric, is that really more about just these ridiculous penalties they took this game?
4: I think so because, I mean, look, you you come off the loss to to Minnesota two nights before in a lot of circumstances, you know, leading to that loss. The old adage is you you come home with at least as many points as games that you played on a trip, right? So you're sitting at two points through four or two games. So you need, you need a positive result. And they did a lot of good things in this game. Five on five. Winnipeg had 10 shots on goal, five on five, 10 shots on goal. Now they had six power plays and they extended five on three. So, you know, that's not good, but it's, it's the timeliness and probably the undisciplined part of it because look, the four on four goal that Winnipeg used to the score to tie the game late in the first period, the final minute of the first period is a retaliatory penalty where Anthony Sorelli went after. You know, sticking up. And there are aspects where you like, yeah, okay, you need to stick out for your, your teammate there. But there, there's times you have to pick and choose that, too. You're totally controlling that period. Like, Winnipeg's done nothing in that period. And then you have a complete defensive breakdown, busted coverage on the four-on-four, four, and it, it's a tie game. Like, you totally dominate that period, and you get out of it tied, rather than ahead. You should have been ahead by three or four. And yet you're tied. So I think that part of the penalties and then, you know, like Nick Paul is not trying to take a high sticking call, right? But you have to be smart. You have to understand you're already killing a penalty. Just be careful with your stick. So that's one thing when that happens. You know, the other one, um, you know, why, why is Vlad Nemestikov trying to put the puck off the high boards? Mm -hmm. Like it's on his backhand. Bank it off the low boards. You know why are you trying to flip it off again? Especially on your backhand, it's 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 the time, the situation, and doing things smartly. And I don't think that was a smart play by Vlad Domestikov. And you're you're asking too much if you have to kill off the first one was about a minute thirty six, I think was the first five on three, and this one was a minute fifty four. This was six seconds was into the, whole, the man advantage. Yeah, and, and that's you're asking too much. And if you're gonna kill off a lengthy five on three, you need to clear at some point. And they got no clears, they got no clears in any of those five-on-threes. And when you've got Ehlers and Morrissey and Kyle Connor and Pierre-Luc Dubois, Blake Wheeler, I mean, those are some, those are really good offensive players. You give them much time and space, eventually they're going to burn you if you let them have the puck in too long. So uh, it's rare, and and this is this I wrote about this. It's John Cooper doesn't call his team out hardly ever. Mm -hmm. He called his team out. He called it mm. embarrassing. He mm. called it stuff like that can't happen. Mm. So We I, saw I, that I... after
2: the last road trip, though, when he said in Toronto that this tells me we can't spend three days in Toronto. And when I talked to um, Nigel after he said the plane trip was not friendly coming home. So it's been these last two road trips that they both really crapped the bed on these last two road trips and have had nasty Nasty times coming back.
4: Yeah, well, and look at it too, because that last one was Montreal, a team that you better beat, right? Yeah. And they didn't play particularly well in that game. No, but they mm-hmm. found a way. Just their ta- Sometimes your talent just wins you games, and I think that's what happened in Montreal. It was the same thing in Chicago, mm-hmm. right? And then, and then you lost the games. You know, uh, Toronto and uh, who was the other team on that trip?
2: Detroit. Detroit. Right. Yeah.
4: Again, played really poorly in Detroit. Um, you know, so, and, and look, it's, a, it's probably a good thing. That game in Buffalo wasn't, didn't get played because the way the yeah. Sabres were playing, that would have been a one and three road trip yep. most likely. Yep. So, and then you'd turn that around and come yeah, back on the road that. again. Again, you don't play particularly well against the Chicago team. And then you go into Minnesota and Winnipeg, two teams that are in the playoffs and you don't play well, you know, or at least in Winnipeg, you play well, but you don't play smart. So yeah, look, I think there's a recognition, that this is not the team from the past couple of years. There's a lot of changes. There's a standard that has been set that has to be met, you know, and it's, um, and and for whatever reason on the road, it hasn't been met this year. And that's where they've got to get better. And I think that's why, you know, John Cooper is a little bit more emotional, at least showing to us in the, in the public eye than he has been in years past, because he typically does not call his team out after games. He still won't call out players. He doesn't do that. It's just not his personality, but you rarely see him call his team out the way he did after the Winnipeg game.
0: Well, so my thing here is like, I wonder, so from like, from a fan's perspective, when a coach is like winning, we've seen it here. Cooper gets no recognition, right? No Jack Adams. No, it's such it's a super talented team. This and that. I'm just wondering like recently, if some of this this talk about the Jack Adams, isn't like kind of maybe getting to him a little bit because I, I don't know that you do your team a lot of favors when you tinker with your lines and you're going out on road trips and you're still trying to like, oh, what's the lineup tonight? What's the lineup tomorrow night? And it doesn't help when you're in Winnipeg and guys aren't getting their regular shifts. You know what I mean? And you have to shorten the bench a little bit. Most of Sorelli's time was probably on the PK, not on his regular line. so Or, or, or in the, the box. Or in the box. so <laughs> But I that was just one thing I've been like kicking around in my head lately. Is like, I feel like he's always known to tinker, but I feel like he's been switching a little bit more often than normal. And I wonder, like, sometimes I feel like you just got to let your guys figure it out themselves instead of being the one to be like, Hey, and is it, is that him being like, Hey, this is the only power I kind of have is to switch up the lines because it's talent. And I've got to do that. Or, I mean, I don't know, because I will. consistency on lines is something – maybe I'm just too old school about that. You know what I mean? Like these are your lines. You roll your lines. The more they play, the more consistent. They know each other. It's like the back of the hand, and they may go through slumps. Maybe you move a guy up or down, but for the most part, these are your lines. And I don't feel like Coop has been really willing to do that since Sorelli came back.
4: Well, that's the key right there. Um, First of all, that is an old school thought that the lines play, the lines play. Most coaches nowadays look at pairs, pairs of forwards, okay? Who are Point Kucherov going to play with? You know, that kind of stuff. And even back to John Tortorella days, you know, he knew that uh, Brad Richards and Freddie Mudin were going to play together. Who was going to play on the right side, right? Like that's that's kind of how the thought process was working there. I, I don't think this is a power thing from the coach here. I don't think this is him trying to send message to teams or to his own team. I think it's a um, – A byproduct of what we talked about at the opening of the show about the newness and still trying to find who fits well with who. And it's really been that way since Sorelli came back because if you look at when Sorelli was out, the top six were really good, right? Right. Point Hagel, Kucherov are really good. Paul Wastankos and Kalorn had some really good chemistry, and they were the best, really almost the best defensive line, right? They'd only give up five goals and even strength for a long stretch of time that they were together. Mm -hmm. And then Sorelli came back, and we all wondered, okay, what's it going to look like when Sorelli comes back? Because he's a guy who's used to playing 18, 19, 20, 21 minutes a game. He's not going to get that playing in the third-line role. So how is that going to look? I would have liked to have seen Stamkos, Kalorn, and Paul stay together because I think they were really good, and I thought Sorelli really brought you depth that you hadn't had. Yeah. Right. Like you're not, you're not getting you're getting almost no production out of your bottom six. No. And that can't continue. No. So I think that's what's going on here. He knows he has to find some production because look, Corey Perry has not looked like Corey Perry that we saw last year. Mm. Pierre Edward Belmar has not looked like the oh. Pierre Edward Belmar when you last year. You know, Pat Maroon, I think, has shown glimpses of it, especially since he's been out there with Paul and Colton of late. Yeah. But you need more out of your bottom six. You can't Continually count on Point Kucherov, Stamkos, and Hagel to be your only uh, guy yeah. scoring. You need more production. And look, since Nick Paul's played in that third line role, his production's dropped. So you just need it. You just need yeah. more out of your bottom six. So I think that's yeah. what the tinkering with the lines is all about. And it's the same thing with the with the defensive situation. You know, mm-hmm. we've seen so many different defensive combos because they can't figure out how things are going to work. I mean, yeah. Sergachev and Perbix were a really good pair but they couldn't find anybody consistently play well with Victor Hedman. Eric Chernak wasn't getting it done. Zach Bogosian mm-hmm. wasn't getting it done. Okay, now what are you going to do? Okay, let's try Purbix with Hedman. Hey, that's working. Oh, geez, now what do we do? Who are we going to play with, Mikhail Sergeyev? So there's a lot of tinkering and unquestioned or unanswered questions on the defensive side of things for the defense on who plays with whom. And that's, again, for a team like Tampa Bay, where they are at as a franchise, as a team – this is going to sound kind of callous, but the regular season's a dress rehearsal, right? They're going to make the playoffs. That's unless something catastrophic happens, they're going to be like
0: 108 points right now, basically. And that's, so it's a question who's
4: going to have home ice Toronto or Tampa Bay. That's kind of where we're at with this team. Exactly. So the dress rehearsal is okay. What are we going to do with our defensive pairing? Who's going to fit with whom? And and, you know, and then the X factor is always the trade deadline. What is Julian going to do with a trade deadline? So, it, to me, it's all about experimentation or not it's, like that's kind of a bad way to put it, but it's all about trying to fit whom with whom so that, OK, this worked in December. OK, it's March. So let me try and go back to it. Right. So yeah. it, as we get close to the playoffs and they start to settle on those things, you know, and this year of all years, especially because there's so much newness to the team, especially on the back end
0: yeah and, and i guess
1: go ahead i was gonna say that's a good segue into some questions that we have for eric um i warned you a lot a lot of trade questions i <laughs> yes, uh, got some from from mike sneed uh who i i met at a lightning game last week or week four so it's good to meet him and um serena had a good question all trade related but before i jump into that let people know how do you get to lightninginsider.com and get that coverage i know you're looking for some more subscribers right
4: aren't we all
1: so here's here's the website
4: right here um and in fact i'm going to do this as we talk through it i'm going to put up a special uh coupon code for anybody that's listening that's not already a subscriber i'm gonna use the use thunder okay um so that'll be the coupon code i'll do that as we're talking through this but uh i'll give you 10 dollars off the first year of a yearly subscription yeah because like when the uh, outlet not to be named left town you'd have thought that maybe that would have added some growth to you know my site or it it, it, it hasn't and, I, and that kind of surprised me a little bit so um, yeah thunder will be the code so LightningInsider.com is the website if you're not signed up yet go to uh, as soon as you check out and put your payment information uh, use that code in the coupon code and that'll be ten dollars off a, a yearly subscription
3: can I say, know. nobody
2: in this market has covered the yeah. Lightning longer than has. It's
4: almost half my life. Can you believe that? Yeah. That's that's, that's mean, what we're getting to, which probably reveals
0: Lightning just more about my, half my age. My life. You know. Yeah, I've been a Lightning fan. I mean, I've lived here half my life now, so that's pretty intense. So, And I just
2: realized my subscription ran out, and I never renewed it. Apparently, I didn't have it on uh, auto so
0: you auto, want auto-renew. Auto auto nice. hey. What kind of fan are you, bro? <laughs>
2: you will be getting it.
0: Boot him. You will be getting a new code, me tonight. Make him. He was just waiting to price. get a code. He, you, know, you don't get to use Thunder. You got to pay full price. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: go, go support.
1: Uh, you pay Eric. Full price to this he's going to answer some free questions for you right now. How about I think that? He's got,
2: there, we have said this several times, and just a couple shout outs to Eric. After we went off air in the very last game last year on the Avalanche, we, we just lose the Stanley Cup. We're doing our live show. I'm at Emily doing it. Eric comes up right as I'm packing up my laptop, and he says to me, Paul's searching for a new house. No. And he's like, why would he be a new house if he didn't plan on staying? so instantly I, we, I tell the guys, because I was still live with the guys, just we weren't live on air. And... So tell the guys what you said. And then the next two days later, locker clean out. I go down and I'm talking to Paul as he's leaving. And I say, I hear you're searching for a house. And his eyes were like, and he's like, why would I do that if I don't have a contract? And then come this past summer, you know, he course signs and then... That was, well, crunch, I was like, right? that
4: was like two days later. That was yeah, like two, like days, two days, days after you later. talked yeah, to him, right? Like yeah, it didn't it take long. Yeah. Or, yeah, no, so was, I, was, I yeah, I
2: see him the first game of the, the season this year, and he stops And I said, so I told you you were looking for a place. And he's like, you're right. And that was from Eric. And we have <laughs> made no bones about that, that that came from Eric, that that was purely from Eric. It was no Thomas knowledge. I wasn't stalking his real estate agent that
0: purely that time not that time. Yeah.
2: Perfect's whole different story though <laughs> right. yeah
0: perfect perfect
2: because i can tell you where he lives yeah. he's uh, also not- the one
0: that broke the the story on stamp code selling his property and uh flipping yeah that's it, it, that's all thomas yeah. inside uh, information
2: definitely look into eric the lightning insider you guys you hear him on the radio if you listen to the broadcast Um, He's very knowledgeable about um, the Tampa Bay Lightning. And 90% of the questions asked of John Cooper or any of the players are Eric um, at any of the press conference.
1: And you can go bug him before the game while he's broadcasting at Cigar City, too.
4: That's right. One hour before every game, except for this Thursday. I won't be there this Thursday. But every other game, we're out there one hour before. Oh, we've heard. Yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> I, yeah, that's the uh, pregame skate show. So if like there's there's been a that's lot that's of I know with a lot that. of confusion about, you know, hearing 102.5 the strike. That's not 102.5 the bone, right? So that's the strike, which is an HD channel. So if you have an HD capable radio, it's 102.5 HD2. Two. Two. So that that is that's where you can find all lightning programming.
1: Right? Can so you explain the complexities of hd radio versus standard you
2: mean that 15
0: year old technology
4: <laughs> yeah, no i can't i, I, I just I know how to promote it
2: i hear the broadcast and i hear when they do let's pause for a stadium uh for a stadium for a station. Network identification. 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 and i hear one oh two five the bone and then i hear and then a strike and i'm like what the fuck yeah. is the strike it's, it's not i have been in tampa all my life like it's the one station i don't think i've ever heard of
0: well, well i don't know if your car is capable of hd radio capable no. but i know yeah. that shooter's truck has hd radio and all i got four is so. all you got to do is take one extra click on your little dial there i know there's a lot of dials on a ram thing and you might not even have a dial anymore on your brand new fancy ram but It's just one more click to the right, and it's like 10252. Instead yeah. of one, I just
1: so, think about Eric Erlinson in the pregame show. Just comes out. <laughs> magic. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, what I do like about satellite radio is they have a lightning station, and yeah. you can dial in that lightning station. It even shows you the little lightning bolt on your screen. So, mm-hmm.
4: so, so I can tell you, like this HD channel, like I don't think I don't think 1025 has utilized it before, but they've had it. They've mm-hmm. had that capability. So, with this new radio deal that the Lightning put together with Cox Media and 102.5 said, Hey, we have this station. You guys are, you know, you can use that too. I don't know where it's going. I know some thoughts are in the works f- to utilize that more. They're not there yet, but more and more that's going to be there. But you can also get it streaming on tune in. That's the yeah. other thing. It's it's a awesome. strike and you know if you just go to tune in, whether it's on the app or whether it's on your desktop uh, just search Lightning Radio twenty four seven. So what used to be Lightning Power Play on the iHeart Network is now okay. Lightning Radio twenty four seven on TuneIn. So one hour before every game, that's where you can find
2: us. There is on that's that. why they've been promoting TuneIn because all the I do bug. is listen to the, the bone all day long. So yeah. that's so the that, big plug right there. They've been doing the TuneIn, and I couldn't figure out why they kept advertising that. There and go.
1: you just reminded me, you're going to have some competition next Monday. Because we will be doing a We the Thunder post game show to get this little show in before a big football. Game. Big, you know, we said football, 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 football game tonight, but the Bucks yeah. play next Monday night, so we're going early, right after the uh, Seattle Kraken game. It's a four o'clock
2: local. Actually, start. Eric won't be on there, so he don't care.
3: He's,
2: <laughs> he's yeah. going to be on vacation. Be flying back. <laughs> I'll be flying back on Monday. I'll be All flying right.
4: right over Raymond James Stadium probably right around halftime. You'll so, get a nice
1: view of the game. Yeah.
4: Uh, my son just reminded me, too. You can find um, Lighting Radio in the Lighting app. So if you have the Lighting app and, and hit Tune into Lighting Radio, you can find
1: it there, too. There you go. Everywhere. All right. See, that's a good manager. You start paying him.
0: You start paying him. Pay your staff, man. Pay your staff. Well, I,
4: don't ha- I don't have to pay him. The Lighting pay him. <laughs> oh, <there you> go. <laughs> he, he works for them right now. So. Oh, nice. Nice.
3: Um, oh, that's right. All right. 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 I don't know his and, question. And, and, well, one with. other
4: plug real quick. Um, the it. last call. So everybody knows the last call with JP after home games. I do it with chief after road games. And that like is Daly? on the bone. No, it's not. I wish it was. Carson. I wish I got paid like Carson. Daly. Um, but uh, every road game, except for the West Coast games, we are on the air as soon as the, as the post-game report goes off. That that does air on 102.5 The Bone here locally. And if anybody's not familiar with that channel, you can pick it up just about anywhere. It'll, you can pick yeah. it up in Fort Myers. It's such a strong signal.
0: No, it's pretty and much the strongest you- radio uh,
2: signal in the Bay Area. Where do you and she do it? Like, do you do it there at the arena or
4: – yeah, there's a little studio uh, down inside Amelie Arena. So if, uh, if anybody was listening on, on uh, Friday's game, you know Jurassic Park Live was in there, so we are a little worried about the Velociraptors getting used. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's awesome. T-Rex coming. No, Raptors in the background. <laughs> all right. All right, all right. Let's, let's end up the of- shameless self-promotion that we love around here. Let's Dinos- get to the fans that we're yes. supposedly doing this show for. Chomping in the bit still. We've got a
1: dinosaur-sized player here who everyone seems to think is could, on the block. The so dinosaur Stephanie, in the room. You know I'm right. Um, and, and Stephanie here asks, do we trade Cal Foot or any other defenseman at the deadline? Do you think if JBB makes a move, and here's another uh, question from you know I'm right, pretty much the same thing, uh, actually saying, hey, do we get a right-handed defenseman back? Do you think the Lightning are going to move one of their defensemen they kind of well, have this little- was, this was yeah. fueled
2: on by the signing of perbix
4: while well, perbix is past Cal foot on the depth chart right like mm-hmm. he's the guy playing and Calfoot's not so it's not too hard to kind of read between those two lines you just get the sense that um uh, that Cal foot feels like he's on the way out and, and that's just kind of how it feels because he's been with the organization now what was a 2017 draft mm-hmm. right so he's mm-hmm. been with the organization six years and he hasn't progressed as you had hoped. So uh, I don't think it even has to be at the trade deadline um, because first and foremost, Rudy Balsers is close to returning, Mm -hmm. right? Like John Cooper said today that within the next week, he could be ready to play. Once he's ready to be activated off IR, there's a roster move that has to come.
0: 750. Yeah. I mean, that basically clears it too. I'm sitting here looking right now at cap friendly. You're looking at Cal Foots, 850, uh Rudy is 750. And the good thing about Cal Foot is he's still an RFA. So whoever yeah. you're trading him to still has control next year. And he's still only 24. So yeah. there's still also, you're, there's you're there's a lot to like about get, Cal Foot. Yeah, you're probably only gonna get assets though, right? You don't think you're gonna get a player, especially because of what we talked about the salary relief. You're not trying to bring in you have to for money out for yeah. drafting, right? Draft yeah, picks, I they've, I mean, yeah, They've traded a lot picks. of draft
4: picks away. Obviously, you're not going to get right. first round draft. No, pick, you know, you're not going to recoup either of those two that you sent to Chicago. No, um, you know, but but the thing I worry about is like it's it's not really a secret that they've you know made inquiries about moving him at some point, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they haven't been able to move him yet. Now, some of that is because of the time of the season, but you know, you've got a six foot four right handed shot defenseman who can play physical and you still haven't been able to move him yet. You know, what kind of value does he have? But at some right. point they're going to have to make a decision because, you know, Bowser's um, when he does come back, there's only one player currently on this roster that does not require waivers to be sent to Syracuse. And that's Nick Perbix. And you're not sending Nick Perbix down. No. So whether it's the waiver wire or a trade route, you have to make some sort of a roster move to make, uh, to be able to activate Now, the big question around all of this is not just Cal Foot, but what does Julian do at the trade deadline? We haven't had our midway part of the season to discuss with Julian about some of these things, but I can guarantee you what he's going to say when we ask him about it. Uh, I'd want to temper people's expectations. We don't have a lot of cap space. We don't have a ton of flexibility, and he's going to bring if, in Patrick uh, Kane. But as always, if there's going to be a
0: move, if there's a move that we can make, then you know we will be looking for We're it. Always there's looking, any to, time. Make always looking to make a move if there's anything
4: there. Yeah, yeah. So that that's exactly what he's going to tell us. So uh, there are certainly uh, <laughs> restrictions on what they could be able to do, and I don't know how many Brandon Hagel's and Nick Pauls there are out there. Um, right. But we didn't know about Nick Paul last year. Right. Like we had no idea. We thought Matthew Joseph was going to be somebody on this team kind of moving forward. And, you know, that it, it, it kind of went that way. So it, I don't doubt that's, you know, they're going to try something. The, the two areas are, as we discussed, trying to find some more production out of your bottom six forwards. You know, and whether that even includes a guy who can win some faceoffs consistently, you know, which, you know, they're they're too wildly inconsistent in the faceoff circle. One game they'll be at sixty-five percent, the next game they're at thirty-five. 40. Yeah. So yeah. You, you you've got to find some somebody who maybe could win some consistent faceoffs for you. Um, not that that's a priority, but it's something you kind of have to keep an eye out. But you do need production out of your bottom bottom six, bottom two lines. And then the other thing is you can never have enough defensive depth because, especially on the left side with this team, where it was such a strength. With Hedman, McDonough, Sergachev on the left side, it's it's not the same right now. You have Hedman and you have Sergachev. You know, you don't feel strongly about the depth after that, right? You know, whether it's Hayden Flurry or um, you know anybody else who plays on the left side, you don't have depth down in in, in Syracuse, even we on have the we right side. Penalty
0: is, and we haven't even brought up the fact that Ian Cole has just been bitten by the penalty bug, right? Like, I feel like he. He's not playing terrible. I think he's playing serviceable defense as he needs to, as what he was brought in for. But his penalty minutes are just – and timing, right? When he takes the penalties, it's just as important as how many penalties he takes. And it just seems like every time this team gets in the rhythm, he's the one that's taking that that bad penalty, you know, a hooking or something. And it's always within a certain distance of the net, which usually tends to say maybe he got beat on the play or – not necessarily just him, but the defense got beat on the play, right?
4: Well, like obviously his three against Chicago stand out. Like everybody was all over, it. and I'm tired of Ian Cole. I'm tired of Ian Cole. Going into that game, he'd take He'd taken as many minors as Mikhail Sergachev
3: had. Don't,
0: give right? me oh. Don't <laughs> get me started on Sergachev. Don't get me started on Sergachev.
4: Then, but defensemen are going to take penalties. It's just, especially the way the game is nowadays. Whoa. You know, the hookings and everything else. You you can't put yourself into a position to you know slow down a guy you know without taking a penalty so yeah. you get the stick up you get the arm free whatever it is odds are you're going to get called for it because that's what the referees are looking for and and not the power play attempts are up the power play mm. success rates are up i mean the, mm. the average the average power play right now is 23 that's crazy that's like better than what led the league like 15 years ago yeah You know, so, you know, power plays are getting smarter. And, you know, look, players are faster. How often have you talked about how much faster the game is? And a lot of that is individuals are faster. You've got guys like Trevor Zegris who can just do, you know, just weave their way through magic. And sometimes the only way to slow them down is to take a penalty. So, you know, defensemen are just going to take penalties. That's just just the way it is. You have to try and limit them. And uh, actually, something I wrote about last night, um, you know, I posted late last night. Like the Lightning are actually – like they're not the undisciplined team this year that they're kind of being portrayed as because we think about the Winnipeg game, stupid penalties, undisciplined penalties. But as a whole, they're middle of the pack, right? Their amount of time uh, on the penalty kill I think is 15th. The number of minors they have taken is like 14th, right? So they're a middle of the pack team when it comes to taking penalties. It's just that they've taken some majors that kind of boost that number up a little bit.
0: They were ta- and they were top of the league last season. Like last year they were year there was towards, second. Yeah, yeah they, they were was second yeah, towards, behind Nashville. Yeah, towards the top the league, so like that's yeah. that's a good sign. Even with all this turnover, and it seems optically as we are now looking at it under a microscope, probably even more than we ever have. Right after back to back cups, then the finals appearance again, which I'm pretty sure all Lightning fandom agrees. After this season, that if Brayden Point had not been injured, we would have won three in a row. Um I, I like their uh, chances. I, 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 yeah, I, I, I definitely like their chances against Colorado with Braden Point in the lineup. Um, we're probably looking at them with a little bit more of a microscope than we ever have before, too, right? As a fan base, like, sure, I would agree it with sucks because we hear about the whining and the complaining. And it's hard. It's hard when you get so used to winning. And, and not enough people do realize that this team is in this mode, especially after 2019. The what matters is the playoffs. You mm-hmm. Get there and then do your work. And we've seen it be successful the last three seasons in a row, right? They're undefeated in the east. They had no one can beat them in the eastern conference still. Yeah. So as far as I'm concerned, they're still the champs of the east. So we've seen that what this mentality has produced. So it's,
4: it's expectations. Yeah, right.
0: That the the the, the 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 sky's not falling, it's it's not the end of the world, like we talked about, they're still on point. Um, Pays for 108 points or so. They're still going to make the playoffs. And teams like Detroit have fallen off when they were right there in it. If you really look at the standings right now, you can see it's clear. The Lightning absolutely, uh, as Mike Douglas says in the the chat, just get to April. That's what it's all about. That's what
4: this team is about.
0: And we've seen Cooper tinker in the past. And I think he's had to, as you've, you know, you brought up something that I probably haven't thought about enough. It's how new this team really is because I take for granted the core that we do still have. But there is probably a little more tinkering coming from Cooper than in past years because there are still some questions out there, and he is still wanting to know situationally who he he can rely on and what matchups and and what, like you said, in the new way of coaching, what two guys can he put on each line and know, all right, what's the third guy am I going to switch in and out?
4: And and I think they missed some of Ryan McDonough off the ice soon here, right? Like he's – Uh, you know you look up the word professional hockey player in (laughs) just a little bit in the dictionary there's a good chance you're going to see mcdonough's name next to it right he's just such a professional in the way he carries himself the way he treats his teammates the time to speak up so you know that's a big void not just on the ice but also in the locker room for him and you know it's um it it was it, it was a little unexpected i think that he was moved right but you know, then you saw what the moves after, right? With the right. extensions of Sorelli, yeah. Chernak, and, and Sergachev, you know, trading one guy to extend three, you, you kind of see the, the math of how it works mm-hmm. and, and the rationalizing of how you're gonna have to do it. Um but you know it's that's a huge hole to fill in a lot of areas with, with him out. And I think you're you're seeing some of that effects right now.
0: Well and I wonder just going back to the beginning of the season, you bring in a guy like Ian Cole who's supposed to have that veteran presence and that kind of ability to come into the locker room and he had that controversy that I think kind of distance him from this team, from getting into the role. He really wanted to get into maybe even in a locker room and a presence. Hey, I could come in be a veteran. And now, so maybe, I don't know if maybe that's part of, you know, I know you're never going to replace McDonough, but that's kind of why you bring him, uh, Ian Cole in, right? For another veteran voice somewhat. And I wonder if that's also kind of affected that of him not being able to really get it, you know, I'm sure by now, but he probably didn't start the season obviously the way he wanted to, right?
4: No, for sure. Um, you know, but like as soon as him and Chernock have been paired together, they've been really good. They've been really yeah. good, and yeah. you know that's where experimentation or you know trying to find out who fits with Hill. So that's why there's there's so many moving parts on the back end. That once you find something works, well now you've just robbed Peter to pay Paul. Yeah. Right. And and that's yeah. kind of where they're at. So they they really just have to find the right mix. And the biggest question mark, at least that I had going into the season, was who was going to play with Victor Hedman? We still don't have the answer. No, and, we don't. And and you forget how reliable Jan Ruda was not next, next to to uh, Victor Hedman. He knew how to play. It's Rude not too. easy to do, and, and they haven't figured mm-hmm. out. Chernak couldn't do it. Uh, Perbex can do it, but then who plays with Sergeyev? You know, Can Bogo do it? We haven't seen, I don't think, enough of Bogosian with Hedman yet to figure out if that's going to um, – you know, be a a long-term situation here. But, uh, yeah, look, that's one thing they're going to have to figure out for sure. Who is going to be the consistent partner with Victor Hedman and we're, you know, Saturday is going to be the 41 game mark. We still don't have that answer.
0: And his game has suffered for it too, for sure. Like, I think Hedman's game has absolutely suffered for the fact of him not having that regular partner on the other side and him kind of having to be more of a, You know, I I, I think his role has to be slightly different this year, right? On that defensive group. I know they don't have, like, a room, like, in the NHL. Like, they've got a room just where the defensive guys go. But when they get together and talk about it, he has to have a little bit different of a role now that it's not necessarily 2-2-2. And then who's that seventh guy? Like, it has been the last few years.
4: Yeah, there's, there's there's a lot of adjusting going on on many areas. And I think that's, you know, we forget that, right? Because as you mentioned... We're a little spoiled by the core. Mm-hmm. And but but this is what I, I really like about this team and, and the management group in particular, especially since Julian took over. And you know, not trying to compare him to Steve, but Julian's a little bit more bolder. Yeah, you know, he's more bold in what he's going to do. And now let's look at the team that you have in place. Okay. Mm-hmm. Stamcos, Hedman, Kalorn are all 31, 32 years old right now, right? Mm-hmm. So there's your high-end core, Kucherov, uh, Vasilevsky, 28, 29 years old. So they're still in their 20s. And then behind them, you have Braden Point and Anthony Sorelli and Mikhail Sergachev, 24, 25 years old, right? So this is not just – this is not an aging team because that's – They start the season off one and three. Everybody's this team is old. They can't do it anymore. It's time for them to start phasing out. No, (laughs) Paul's twenty seven, Hagel's twenty four, Colton's
0: twenty six.
4: You've got a lot of young players, younger players anyway, on this league. This is not, this is not Chicago. This is not Pittsburgh that all got old at the same time. Oh, and
0: by the way, Stamkos and Hedman still playing some of the best hockey of their of their careers at thirty two. Stanco so, just had
4: his first 100-point season last year.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's and, still and, playing at a high and if, level. And if, and if Coop would stop tweak, tinkering, he might have 500 goals by now as well. I don't well, know.
4: If it wasn't for Connor Hollabuck, he had it the other night. But well, that's a to. different
0: story. Let's,
1: They're let's, just waiting until they come home this week. That's a team of a different color.
0: Finally. We, like we well, talked about before. Let's
4: hope he, he gets to it, get it tomorrow milestone? night because I won't right. be there for the next you know four games. So um, I think it's happening. He has to get it
3: tomorrow.
0: That's got to. All right. Well, let's – um
1: let's let's move on to some fun and games the
0: short show that you promised uh, yes hey I'm all I mean, good
1: man we, I got nothing but time for you guys we can we can Love speculate it. all night about potential jBB trades and you know I think the thing is we, we've seen him from the past if if there's a move to be made he's gonna make he's it' gonna make it yeah, yeah. He he uh, make the it.
0: there's no doubt
4: yeah. and, and and we'll question it <laughs> why did you give up this for this guy and then a year later and you're like oh that's why
0: I'm done. Yes. I'm done questioning him. I like as, as as in as I was on the Iser plan, I'm totally, totally the capoose on the JBB train. Like, and I take that for what it is. I don't care. I say weird stuff a lot, but I mean, I'm right there. I'm I'm on it. I'm in the bandwagon. Anything JBB does, I know he's thinking six moves ahead like a master chess player. He, he's not thinking about now. He's thinking about now and the next four years down the road.
4: Yeah. well, he so, said it many times. He owes it to this core yeah. to keep this window and keep this team as competitive for as long as possible.
1: And he's done go. a good job. Patrick so Patrick Kane coming to
0: Tampa. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> you heard it here first. Landing and <laughs> Saturday.
1: Eric, <laughs> <laughs> Spilling the beans. <laughs> um, all right, we got two games. One is a game that we do every single week. And we let the Thunder play, and that's usually someone from the chat. So whoever in the chat was really hoping they would play today, so sorry. Eric is going to take your spot. And then we've also got a game just for you. Um, all right. So first we have to recap. Uh, somehow these guys pulled it off when I wasn't here and, and did the game without me in Casey. He- played for me didn't really help me much good but um, but let's go through it so two of the categories there were no points awarded that was record for the week nobody predicted one and two and when stamp coast will score 500 that quest is still going on Uh, so we'll go on to most points for a d-man And that was won by the Thunder. Hedman had two points last week. They were both in that Chicago game. He led all defensemen, so that's a point for the Thunder. And then shots on goal. Uh, Hagel and Stamkos both rang in with nine shots over those three games. Uh, Hagel, super consistent. Mr. Consistency here with three, three, and three. Mm -hmm. And Hedman had... Five, three, and one. So those five were all in the Winnipeg game. Um, he was playing pretty good, but could not get one in. So that means Stash gets a point for Hagel, and the Thunder gets a second point for Stamkos. That puts our current standings with Stash in the lead with 12. The Thunder moving up right behind him with 11. School Man. with 10, and myself with nine. No thanks to... Like toilet paper Johnson. wiping up the rear. Filling in for me. Um, but but hey, just so look, look, look. <laughs> uh, there you go. Uh, <laughs> thank pandering. you, thank you, thank you. We, we, if, we also like we also
0: it. promote pandering here, shameless <laughs> okay. promotion and pandering to our guests. Absolutely, one hundred percent above board on this show what do they
1: say flattery will get you everywhere if, if school can do it while hosting the show there's no reason why no all reason for any
0: of watching. you Can't yes. right all now. 21 of you i could see your eyes and here's the problem the it.
2: problem do is it. my credit my debit card changed so yeah. that's why i didn't auto subscribe because it didn't have my and then i couldn't remember my password
1: sounds uh, like excuses to me but at least
0: yeah. it sounds like it sounds like white people problems personally <laughs> like, like something should i do every day like oh i forgot my password again oh can i okay uh, how but, many re- reconfirmation emails do i have in my email today my, well my new one's <laughs> easiest <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: I almost
2: got Have an isolated map. evil stash laugh. But my, Casey starts there. talking towards the end. My new one's easiest. Stash is number one. is <laughs> my That's new easy. password.
1: You better put like a parenthesis, your special character at the end. Like
0: freaking exclamation point. Like 80. 80 exclamation points. All
1: right. All right. We got we got four categories. Let's just go over, since we haven't talked right. about it yet, the four games before our next show, which is quite a oh, few. Yeah. So we got the Jackets tomorrow night, Thursday, the Canucks are in town. Then we go to St. Louis Saturday night, eight o'clock game um, in St. Louis. And then the Kraken Monday, the day game, four o'clock local time, 12 o'clock um, Who? in uh in the Kraken land, wherever they play Seattle. Can't keep track of Who? these days anymore. Um, so those are the four games. So we got four categories. Uh, number one is going to be which player in these four games scores the most points. But you cannot pick one of the first line forwards. If you don't know who the first line forwards are, it's Point Kucherov and Hagel. You cannot pick oh them. God. We'll let the guests go first, representing the Thunder. Which player is going to score the most points this week? We just said it. at Stamkos. Right. Like he
4: doesn't go through stretches like this too often. Mm -mm. And I did speak to him today. Something I will write as soon as we uh, get off the air here, it'll be posted. And I get to read it. Subscribe now. Um, (laughs) Subscribe now. Like he, he says, that 500 numbers not hanging over him, and I believe him. I don't. I have no doubts about that whatsoever. But he only had um, 50
1: shots to get
0: to.
4: <laughs> yeah, right. Like
2: so, <laughs> the, the chances have weeks. been there.
0: The team's only been feeding him for two weeks now. I was yeah, gonna say, Dan
2: Hetty when he when he hit 498 in the locker in the interview afterwards, Hetty plainly said he's at 498. So yeah, the players are very players aware,
3: yeah. absolutely. <laughs> you
4: know, but you want to like like I, I think the thing is i like i think he wants it over with and, and not not in a negative kind of way but right. he he doesn't want us <laughs> in the media Talking asking him questions he's like look the only time i talk about it is when you guys ask me these questions so yeah. uh, i i think it's going to be steven Stamkos, especially with four games i think once 499 goes in it's going to lead to Flood more games. it's going the floodgates are going to open up a little bit cuz he is a streaky goal scorer and once he gets on a streak they, they really tend to come
1: like 14 15 we, we gave you the layup 20. there but we're going to add yeah. a, a kicker in here to earn under some extra points put a number out there for the points that he will put up just points i don't have yeah. to break it
4: down by goals yeah. and assists points. um it's four game let's go seven seven points
1: for stamkos schoolie who you got
2: i got paul with five
1: Paul with five stash
0: stumped <laughs> well i mean yeah i mean that's the top five scorers your, on the your team voice. so your i voice mean right out
1: there number seven what happens when you get the first pick listen, in the
0: draft uh, well i mean listen killer, ha- He's been killer good has lately. been showing some signs of life and i i want to go with him but i think it's sorelli i think sorelli is going to find that life down on that third line him and colton they need to find something down there. Uh, I, I think we're going to see Paul back on that third line. I, did, I I I do. I think that Cooper in the next few games is going to be like, uh, you know, I don't know. I hold on, hold on. Once I again, to that really, That's a very uh, good I'm not John Cooper. <laughs> right. I can only guess at was, the, at the inner workings yes. of our masterminds. So, really, how many points? Yeah, I'm going Four with Sorelli. Sorelli with. With six points. Six
1: for Sorelli. I'm going to give Killer, Mm -hmm. since you left him for me... I'm going to give him five. Um, All right. Which player scores the most goals versus the Kraken? Since I'm losing the competition, I will go first. (laughs) We can pick anybody on this one? Pick anyone on this one, and I... I am not a fool. I will go with Braden. Point.
0: <laughs> Good job. Does that mean I get to go next? God. Um. I think it's going to be Nick Paul. Guy, double going on the third line? <laughs> no, I think he's going to be on the second line in that game. I'm. I'm just saying. Atkins so.
1: the last one. What? I Atkins can't can't the fourth game of the week. I know. All right, I'm not questioning you. Go with Paul. Go with your heart. He's gonna Uh,
0: have. You're not asking who's gonna have the most goals in that game against Seattle. Yeah, right. So I think in that game he's gonna be on the second line. How is that terrible logic? Good, doubly.
4: Uh, I'm gonna go way off track here. I'm gonna say Mikhail Sergachev.
0: My kind (laughs) of answer.
1: What you? (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh, he's so- pandering, <laughs> pandering, pandering, pandering. Hold Fair on. Enough. Wait, Fair I enough. think what
1: you meant to say was. That's <laughs> a very
0: good point. <laughs> oh, I'm going to have, so have to delete you know these know sound clips. <laughs> Listen, if Thomas Schoolie can buy a subscription during the show, I can buy my own soundboard during the show. <laughs> and this, this show is going to devolve real quick going forward because I can get shit here real fast. So I'm going to go Hegel Hagel, good pick there. The Ag-Man. I don't know. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Nick Paul doesn't have a shit ton of multi-point games and multi-goal games since he's been here. I don't know. He's probably going to win. One of the most important uh, two-goal games last season. I don't know.
1: Nick Paul, I don't know. This one's very simple. We can all have the same answer in that Kraken game. Does your boy from he was on who? uh he was on the block party today who? who his name is Yanni. does he score a goal against the bolts yes or no yes no no
0: <sighs> he always does he will oh no I'm going yes because you got. we got two he did out. he scored it last time when they were here right he didn't score here yeah yeah he did no no he oh, assisted God. oh we got the assist that's right yeah so he'll definitely get a goal this.
1: All time. right so I'll ride with you I'll go I'll go yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this one is an accumulation over the four games. How many power play goals will they score? Oh. I feel like they didn't score enough this past week, uh, especially in those team. last two games. So an accumulation of all four of those games, how many power play goals will we score? School. Four. four I get I got
4: three.
0: It right. has to be different. No, no, no. We can. Be, uh, I think five. Oh, I like five. Go. We'll go three. Oh. With the insider.
4: Is that more pandering? <laughs>
0: That's the only thing the host does on this show is pander. There's nothing the else in a top right square. Circle gets a square. What do you know? The if you don't great, know what I'm Eric's talking about, you probably are t- not old enough to watch the show. Um, all right.
1: No, well, actually, we have a game just for Eric, and it is a game that we've played with a couple other guests. We might have played it with you. It is a lightning
2: round hold on i have a question real quick for this was earlier in the show from chris jones here oh um, is
1: over. i'm sorry
2: fit and Chicklets came out and the article legend that the commission is basically handing uh kind of bedard to arizona how is um, that how's that true if,
4: if the commissioner was going to hand anybody to arizona it was going to be austin matthews because he's from there yeah Right, like no, I don't. I don't buy any anything, anything into any. I am not a conspiracy theorist in any way, shape, or form. Uh, I don't think the lottery's fixed in any way, shape, or form. I know
2: we can make. I, I mean, look, Look at you would, pandering to the Florida Lottery Commissioners? <laughs> they don't watch us. You ain't winning tomorrow. The the billion dollar <laughs>
3: Mega Edmonton off, would
4: not have won that's... the number one overall pick as many times as they did if it was fixed. Right? <laughs> yeah. and, and they've, they've actually had to change some of the rules so that it doesn't end up being that way again right so no i don't i I don't i don't i don't buy those theories one way uh, in any way shape or form
0: and honestly i think if they were gonna fix it i think it'd be anaheim that they want him there honestly i don't i i I understand what they're what you're talking about chris and like oh you want to force viewership for a, a franchise that's floundering Bettman's all in, anyways. He doesn't need to force a draft pick to go there to create to to say I'm all in on this team, right? Like he's committed, anyways. He said they're not going anywhere. I think the team that you're that they're really trying to push, I mean, nauseatingly to me, is the Anaheim Ducks and Trevor Zegras, right? What you want is another star like a Matthews or like a McDavid and Dry Saddle or a Matthews and Moner, you know what I mean? Like I feel like. If they really wanted to force Bedard somewhere, it would be SoCal. So, well, I think yeah, North I think, North I think He ends up in Chicago anyway. He's to Chicago. Well, yeah. yeah it, I mean, they only have what? They're eight playing wins bad now. enough
4: to put themselves in that position. Yeah. Playing, yeah. yeah. What,
1: they can't lose the right.
0: <laughs> they only have eight wins. Nine. Yeah. Nine. Let's see, how do you only digit have yeah. single-digit yeah. wins? still. Forty-one games, almost, almost. Well, is it's on? season? Is
4: on? By the way, Mike. Mike Douglas, no, Anaheim is not making the playoffs this year. Um, no. Is <laughs> like, is is Anaheim even up to like five regulation wins this year? I don't. Like, there think was a point so. in time that's where the they thing. had five wins and four of them were in overtime.
0: Yeah. Yes. Like, I mean, that's I one of them was against us.
1: I swear we talked about this earlier in the season, but how did they? How have they not fired their coach? And they have
0: twelve. They
2: have twelve wins. No, yeah. How many but in regulation? No. Oh yeah. And they don't only have
0: four, four. Um, per to say. It can't be many. does gonna say? Road wins. Doesn't why did yeah? Why does this not say? It doesn't. We need you for those stats, Insider. You should be having those metrics that we don't have as regular fans. <laughs> okay.
3: Yeah. I'll have to look See, it. <laughs> one of us
0: pan one of us panders. One of us calls you out. All right? <laughs> That's why you hang around. It's it's like the love and the abuse. But I want to.
2: What's who do you think is the coach? Fired this season because we're actually surprised. Oh, there that's hasn't a really been good spot. question
0: on Black Monday. Actually, if it's NFL Black Monday. That's a really good question. You know, what, see... you know
4: why nobody's been fired yet because so many coaches were replaced last year.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's, that's
4: why. And all those teams that replaced their coaches are not. You know, they're. I mean, Chicago yeah. just put in Luke Richardson this year. Right? They're not going to fire him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dallas Eakins knew he was in for a complete rebuild, so he's not going mm-hmm. anywhere. I mean, who who? The only team that you okay. can and say is really below expectations might be St. Louis.
0: Wait, right? hold on. You're not, you're it, not you not you go. don't you don't think that the Panthers are way below expectation this year? But they it's just they, they just brought
4: in Paul Maurice, right? He's a new but, coach. They're not going to fire the, Paul Maurice, you know, three months into the season. By the way, hmm. I'm has, has four regulation wins
2: on the four. NFL. Yep, I just okay, re- found it out too. four regulation wins. That's
0: the coach you got to fire. That's insane. But how do you fire a guy when you know you're tanking? That's all yeah. I'm saying. Like you can't do that to a guy, although you know are tanking
1: there for three years. You do <laughs>
4: well, start. You do start to wonder about what kind of an NHL coach is Dallas Akins, right? Well, like he was. Yeah. He he was the Toronto Marlies coach, and they, they everybody was so high on him. He went to Edmonton, and Edmonton completely yeah. bad team. So he yeah. goes back to the HL, um, does well in San Diego. So they elevate him to Anaheim, and Anaheim's a bad team. Like at yeah. some point. You know, retreading coaches who weren't getting success at the NHL level. Maybe Dallas Aikens just isn't a very good NHL coach. What, what's well, that, it,
0: it what's has, that quote? It, what's that quote you have on top for me there, uh, Shooter? He's no, he's no John Cooper. Clearly, <laughs> uh, I'm not John Cooper. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> neither Dallas Akins. Neither is Dallas Akins.
2: Just like uh, Syracuse coach, uh, Gro Benoit. Benoit Gro. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he it seems like he's going to be an AHL coach. And that's what I think, you know, and he'll I, get a job at some point though. Benoit yeah. will get an NHL head job at some point. I still think he stays in. He ends up an a- AHL coach, just like a Nick Saban of college football. And...
4: Cause he's had chances to be an assistant coach in the NHL and mm-hmm. he's turned him down because he, he, he's waiting to see if an NHL job head job comes along and, you know, he hasn't led Syracuse to the promised land yet, but you look at his track record in the second half of seasons, you know, he's really good at getting a young team together to, you know, put together good, good runs in the second half. And they're, and they're kind of doing it right now. I know they, they lost to Hershey last night. They had a, I think was a one and two weekend. Why'd week, they sign a hard. goalie to a PTO? Because, pill, um, the hell out of
0: that team too.
4: Like they there's, don't. uh, like I don't know. I don't know if it's a Hugo or if it's a, Lagasse, who's hurt, but one of those two was hurt, and then LaFontaine, who they brought up to uh, from Orlando, got suspended because he got into a fight. Him and Jamel Smith got mm.
2: suspended today. Mm. I was going to say, it must yeah. be Hugo, because I saw Lagasse was okay. on the ice the other night. Yeah, because yeah. it
0: was a Subban and LaFontaine, um, Lafontaine. they, fought that LaFontaine yeah, they got LaFontaine. into a fight.
4: Yeah. yeah. Yep. yep, so that's why they signed the goal to PTU.
1: Are you ready for some rapid fire lightning round? Ooh, I question. hope so. I hope so. Um, by the you way, just ready for this the score of the national championship game. And uh oh,
3: don't tune out.
1: <laughs> don't tune out to go watch that
0: because <laughs> it's over. Um you're not even gonna break the score, or 52, you're not allowed to disseminate.
1: 52 to seven. You can
0: get oh. oh, Wow. Georgia.
1: Uh, not even close. What happened? College football. Expand that playoff.
0: Good all right, that's, that's always been that way. You, whatever. All right, go ahead. Move <laughs> I mean, along. I would along. rather be watching
1: Ohio State, Michigan we- after this, but
0: I don't know.
1: okay what do I know? I don't do Anyways, we don't do the cold college. Anyways, we don't do that at all. Questions. Have. That, these are not just about hockey. Some of them might Uh-oh. be, some oh. of them, you know, completely out of uh, the realm of, of anything you wanted to answer tonight.
0: Whose family did the silver, the collection of heirloom silver on the wall come from?
4: Those are my wife's souvenir spoons. There go. That's, so- I, was,
2: I was trying to figure out what they were, and then well, I found, found I, but, Oh, I knew that. They're the, the big, big long
0: Absolutely, yes.
2: It's the big long that. spoons that you get where they. The handle has like Tennessee on them and Disney and stuff like that. Do you I can them? make you
0: some modern-looking spoon holders so they would look like you know antiques, <laughs> but like not. And then never mind. Is your wife with? No, you have headphones on. Good. So you oh see gosh. that? You see
4: that one at the top right there? Uh, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. Prince Edward Island.
0: Right. Yeah, that's cool. See, that's so one of
4: to do like a story.
1: Spoons? <laughs> <laughs>
4: no, we <laughs> went <up, laughs>
3: uh, out. <laughs>
1: When I was at
4: the Trib, we went up and did a story on Brad Richards the year he signed that big contract, you know, oh, small Richie, Island player getting a yep, the big contract. Yep, so we went up yep. there uh, and did a story. So uh, we were, you know, my wife went with me and we found that uh, spoon holder that was a outline of Prince Edward Island. So
1: that's the key to the collection. Yeah, do you, do you, I, you ever take out any of those spoons like after yeah. the Lightning win the Stanley Cup and <laughs> play them? <laughs> play a little <laughs> rhythm? <laughs> or have a little have no. ice cream like the Stash does? No, although,
4: although I should have when they won it in 2020 okay. because I was on my you couch. You make tea. Everybody else Victory was.
0: tea. Pinkies <laughs> up. Victory tea with the... You should have one for every, every state. So every time you beat a team in that state, you have victory tea with the spoon representing the team that we just beat.
4: See hey. now, now you just figured out I didn't have one from Colorado. Oh
0: well, no one would, that, that's a different kind of tea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's my kind of tea.
1: Hey, shout out to Kelly who showed up because we were her second oh. choice for broadcasting
0: tonight. Oh, the- thanks, Kelly. That's <laughs> Only we after love you. Uh, Georgia no, spoke Kelly-
1: sixty, she tuned in. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, she was in the chat earlier. I love Kelly. She's fun. Oh, we had a good bro. time. We've had a good time. Uh, All right, a of times.
1: <laughs> five questions. Weird. Five questions. Here we go, Eric. Who was your favorite player growing up for the NHL? Sport? NHL. Oh, NHL.
4: Um. Well, I'm from Massachusetts originally, mm. and when we moved down to Florida, obviously the Lightning were not even on the radar. So probably Rick Middleton, the old Bruins forward. Um was a guy that I kind of gravitated to when I was younger. So
1: Rick Middleton. Very cool. Okay. Next right. one is a pass or shoot. Almost like a true or false, but you choose to pass or shoot means you like it. Next year's winter classic has been announced that it is Las Vegas versus Seattle. Are you a pass on this one or are you shooting all in? Uh, I'm
4: shooting on this. The Kraken have uh, a very loyal base already. Their uniforms draw eyes. Let's face it, those are some pretty cool looking uniforms. And Vegas is Vegas. Uh, you know, with them reaching the Stanley Cup final their first year, they look, the Winter Classic is about ratings. It's about ratings. That's why Pittsburgh and Chicago and Boston and Philadelphia, all these teams are in it every single year. So this game is all about ratings. So, Uh, From that aspect, uh, actually, I think the league is taking a little bit of a risk here when it comes to those ratings, because it is one team that's only been around. It'll be two years and the other one's only been around since 2017, 18. Right. So I think they're taking a little bit of a risk on this. So this will be I think this will actually be a little bit of a test for the league in terms of how do the ratings look? You know, and it's a cool ballpark. I don't know if anybody's been to T-Mobile um, but I was out there a couple years ago. It's a really cool ballpark. I think that's going to be a really good scene with that uh, the rink on the middle of, of T-Mobile field there.
0: Yeah, I've, I've been there. I actually was there when they un, like demolished the kingdom. I watched them uh, collapse it. And so I was up there for a while. But yeah, I, you know, I sorry. This is you. Sorry. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> we'll do the no, five questions with stats. I know.
0: Too. No, we no, we always no, this is what always happens. We do the rapid fire. Don't act like this has never happened. This happens every time. And then somebody puts the breakdown. And, and, and then we all one of us has to chime in because it's really <laughs> relatable to one of us, right? So, anyways, yeah, because I know but, you have an
1: opinion on the next one, but we'll ask Eric instead. No. Favorite restaurant in the Tampa Bay area. Oh. Boy, I'm bad on this.
4: Mainly because I don't get out a, a ton.
1: Um you say the East Cigar City Tap House. <laughs> uh, I could, but I, I won't.
4: Um I don't think it's I don't think it's there anymore. We used to go to the Colonnade a lot in South mm-hmm. Tampa. I don't I don't think that's there anymore. Uh that was our that was our favorite place to go was a colonnade. You know, I am a being from Massachusetts, the son of a fisherman. Uh, yeah. I I really like seafood and they had some really good seafood.
0: That's the one that was right there on Bayshore, right?
4: Yeah, yeah. Just yeah, off yeah, of Bayshore.
0: Yeah,
4: yeah. Uh yeah, it's too bad. Um Boy, other than that, like I don't, I don't get out to anything other than what's out here. I live out in the Brandon area. They don't have too many, you know, non-chain restaurants. They're all chains out this
0: way. They're basically (laughs) one big shopping mall in Brandon.
4: Yeah, so uh, I don't know. Um,
1: We can go with your shutdown restaurant, which means you get out more than me because I never heard of that place. (laughs) Well, that just means I'm old because I don't think it's been there for a few years. (laughs) Well, also, you don't go to Brandon.
0: Oh yeah, shooter doesn't go to
4: and
1: I don't blame you for that.
0: I also used to love Brandon. You know? All
1: right, next bit. one might hit hard <laughs> at home. I know it. I know it hit Blake Wheeler hard because this is based off of Blake Wheeler, who just came back from the ruptured testicle. Ruptured berries,
0: a <laughs> nut.
1: Would you rather
0: <laughs> oh boy, Mary, suffer
1: a ruptured testicle or eat? A Rocky Mountain oyster, which <laughs> some would say is a ruptured testicle. <laughs> this is a tough one. I
3: don't think it all.
4: is because if I eat it, I can throw it back up. If I rupture something, that's You're some pain I don't want to have to deal with.
0: <laughs> also, this isn't fair because Rocky Mountain oysters are usually deep fried. So like that it, it's it you're that's a, that's already like at least there's something to look forward to. All right. If you want to ask that question, you gotta go Joe Rogan Fear Factor and just like a full bull's testicle. Like, <laughs> no, right? That's the only the same misery. At least if it's deep fried, then that's too easy. It's too easy. <laughs>
1: All right. Uh, you're getting some suggestions for restaurants in the chat, yeah, by the that. way. We <laughs> got, got one more for you. What is your – I know what it's not. What is your favorite Bolts sweater of all time?
4: Um, Probably the original. Um,
1: black? Black home? Yeah, well, the actually, black. Black used to be the away jersey.
0: Yeah. When they started, um,
4: right? And that's the one that had Tampa Bay on it, right? The whole one's – didn't have it on there um yeah i I think it's the original because and not that i don't like the current one look i'm not a big jersey guy to begin with but um you know the new ones i know the the leafs comparisons and hey there's two blue teams on the ice and i get that but it's it's clean it's crisp it's you know it, it stands out to me in a lot of ways but i think that original one because it was the original they won the cup the first cup in those jerseys um i just i i like that logo i thought there was a lot to like about i like the old patches that were on on the shoulder with the originals um yeah, not not the not the retro storms. The, the only thing cool about the retros or, or those storm surge when they first came out was the victory stripes that that Phil made sure yeah. were under it, right, so everybody could see the the
0: three yeah, the vi- victory they, stripes. Yeah. Which they didn't.
4: They don't even have on the, the re- reverse retro. If you're no, going back that, the storm surge, you gotta have the the victory stripes on it.
0: And I and I gotta say that's the number one thing that I'm disappointed about. And I did point that out when we talked about it. Is that they didn't have that extra stitching there in the pits. Remember Were those on the original era. stuff? It's up, America. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The original yeah. storm surge
4: had the victory stripes. That was that was a Phyllis Posito
1: addition to those jerseys. Yep. I heard they, they ran hated out of them. stripes in the team yeah. store. So. Yeah,
2: <laughs> they ran out. And <laughs> oh, the ran out of victory
1: stripes
0: on the road.
2: <laughs> there was something you mentioned on uh, Twitter. You're constantly tweeting all throughout the game, all through every game day, all every day um i have your notifications on automatic and i don't think there's anybody that tweets more than eric does and you you have to have some of those on auto sends because four o'clock in the morning i'll get the tweet from the insider about his story and i'm thinking god i hope he's not awake just finishing this story of course
0: he is. he's like look yeah I yeah am. I, yeah I mean, yeah i need to take a beat from eric honestly like i really need to take a beat from eric like when i'm at four o'clock in the morning i see just sort of writing shit and then like no, oh because when you're up somebody at four, will read it
2: when you're up at four nothing good happens with you stash <laughs> no 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 no, no I'm the older
0: wiser stash you don't understand that.
3: Yeah, no, that uh, okay.
4: the first time the story link goes out, that that's usually when I'm awake.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, hold on. I think
1: usually we're on to something. If Stash is inspired at 4 a.m. to write an article, would you entertain putting it on lightninginsider.com? <laughs> as long as I had some editorial control Absolutely. over it. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I want to see what this man <laughs> thinks about late at night.
0: Listen, I'm an eloquent writer, but even the best writers, the editors, come on. Oh, yeah,
4: I, and you know what? I found that out because I'm mm. a terrible self-editor. Oh. I cannot edit my own
0: work to I'm, save my I'm life. I'm verbose, and oh. I'm... And I love very long sentences. I appreciate my copy editors
4: more and more every time I write something nowadays. Because there's no my eyes are the only eyes on it except for the people who read it. And I used to have a a subscriber who would read it and say, hey, this this needs to change. And I would go back and change it. Um, She must not subscribe anymore because I don't get those (laughs) emails.
0: You know, one of the things I learned from an early age of writing uh, is when you're proofreading yourself is to read it backwards. I don't know if you ever got that tip but go to the end of whatever you wrote wrote, and read it from the last word and read it backwards because then it doesn't, it doesn't flow as well. And then your brain thinks about it more intricately. And then things that are like run on, oh, that's way too long or that's bigger than I wanted it to be are more impactful than if you were reading it top to bottom because you've already written it and it seems fluid to you. You know what I mean? And so you're not as analytical. If you're reading it backwards, then you're much more analytical of what you've written, and then you're going to look at it more line by line than paragraph by paragraph.
4: I will try that tonight. So something and I had it won't seen be at four a.m. I can promise you that. No, not tonight.
2: <laughs> something I had seen on there was you were talking about the lightning possibly getting
0: the stadium series. Um, yeah, do you see that happening? Oh, I was just going to say. I'm sorry. I was going to say. One more thing, but like the whole thing about the, the winter classic, I do think it's, they're they're able to take a chance because they have added the stadium series games and there's more than just one outdoor game where they can appease more fans. So they have that one that's like the showcase, but there's still a couple of other outdoor games that lead up to it. So they, it's not as much of a gamble as maybe it would be if it was only the single outdoor game.
4: I I do think they're going to get an outdoor game. I don't think it's going to be a winter classic because you can't trust the weather on yeah. January 1st or 2nd. Plus, you have the yeah. the, bowl, the bowl game, right? Yeah. Former Outback Bowl, now the ReliQuest L- L- Bowl. ReliQuest, yeah. You know, you, and and so you can't – it'd be hard to have the stadium for that. Plus, what was it on New Year's Day? It wasn't like 81 degrees on New Year's yeah. Day. Like We were 40 degrees on Christmas Day, Four, and yeah. a week later it's, it's 80 degrees, Eight. so you can't trust the weather. I've actually had this conversation back when I was doing Lightning Lunch for the team on, on lightning power play. Yep. I had Paul Delgado we
0: talked, on. We talked about this. Yeah. We talked yeah. about that article. When, well, actually one of the first times you came on our show, we, excuse me, we talked about that interview you had in the article you wrote.
4: Yeah. So, I mean, Paul said it can be done. You, you would yeah. just have to do it late January, early February. That is the most reliable mm. times of the year to where the temperatures could be at a situation to where it'd be more feasible. Obviously it's not mm. going to be an afternoon game. Right, no, and
0: that'd be a nighttime game. And
4: I think you would have to build in some leeway, where okay, if you can't do it on a, a Saturday, maybe it has to be done on a Wednesday because that's when the weather would be a little bit better. So I think you have to build in some leeway if you're going to do it here.
0: You like Winter Classic week or something?
4: Yeah, something like that. And you have like
0: um, a, maybe you could even have like ex. Oh, we have like exhibitions of other teams or like I don't know, like you could have. Well, like they had to change the, the Super <laughs>
2: They the changed the times a couple of years ago when they did yeah, it at yeah. the uh, Air Lake Force. Tahoe. Stadium. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, yeah, like the Lake Tahoe game, remember? Tahoe because game. the hot yeah. the, the sun was
4: too much. They had to push yep. back even after they had started the game. Um, you know, so yeah, I, I think it's feasible. I look, Jeff Vinnick doesn't take no for an answer, as we know. I mean, he right. just doesn't take no. And I he pestered Gary Bettman for an all-star game. He got an all-star game. Um, I, he's, and I know he's pestering for an outdoor game. He's going to get it at some point. It, it, there's just a lot of work that has to be done to try and pull it off. And, you know, one thing everybody brings up, well, Hey, LA did it. The climate's different in LA, right? There's no it's humidity. More dry. Yeah. The, uh, Cause it's not necessarily the sun, although the sun is an enemy of the ice. It's the humidity. The humidity yep. is the biggest thing. What's and I mean, look. If we could have had the outdoor game on Christmas Eve this year, it would have been great. <laughs> it would have worked I, out just I,
0: perfectly. I, I but... still believe that that, that shooters onto something with some kind of a glass dome, where we actually play real life bubble hockey in Tampa Bay. That's that's what I think.
4: As long as it doesn't work like um, Buzz
0: Lightyear's mask, right? <laughs> <laughs> or this, or the Simpsons movie. <laughs> the Either one. Either yes. one. Yes, I, deserve, thank, for,
4: like, thank you for bringing the Simpsons
2: into it. They can, oh,
0: gosh. Simpsons followed, did it. He Simpsons loves his, it. His, his
2: Simpsons uh, tweets. I mean, they could play at Chop Canna Field uh, with the dome that's on there. Not
0: the same, though. Yeah, really. it's, I mean, yeah it's, it's, the novelty is the, the po- output the point right, right, the point, because I've thought about that multiple times, but absolutely, the novelty is the fact that you're playing hockey outside because that's the way it was played however many hundred years ago in Canada because that literally had nothing else to do and no other way to play a sport except for on ice. And you can't well, play it, things on ice unless you have some kind of a blade to stand on ice. Like it's, it, it, it You want to talk
4: sense. about ratings? People would view just to see if you'd be a train wreck. Well, that's what yeah, I'm right? saying. If they're exactly. putting on an outdoor game in Florida. I got to look at this. Listen, <laughs> right?
0: how, You go on social media. Who has the biggest amount of posts about them? out of all 50 states it's florida period no, nobody yeah. gets more heat on social media than florida so a what lot, a lot of us it's because of train wrecks <laughs> well that because of train wrecks Absolutely. nobody else has
2: their own it's man the oh what's <laughs> going <to> hockey in <laughs> right. florida
0: because they've been wanting it to be a train wreck forever and it hasn't been thanks yeah. to us right so there here it is finally finally the train wreck we've been waiting for outdoor hockey of florida like yeah. You're, you're not wrong. There's well, ratings and, alone and, that, and, that, and the, the train wreck factor alone brings in ratings. <laughs> and,
4: and that's where the risk comes from the league, right? Because hmm. as as they've been able to pull off all these outdoor games since 2008, right? right? So yeah. we're 15 years into the outdoor
0: games. Um,
4: you know, the first time it doesn't work, everybody well, says, see, it doesn't work, right? So well, there's, and, there's the risk factor for the league. And
0: that's one of Bettman's babies too, you know? that's yeah. uh, For all the things that people bemoan about him as a commissioner – I don't think he gets enough credit. I really don't. He, he He's done his job as commissioner. He's held this lead together, multiple lockouts. We keep seeing growth. We've seen every single team grow in value this year. The Lightning doubled in value in their valuation this year from half a billion to over a billion, like the 16%. Even the Arizona grew in value in 16%. So, you know, the guy's doing his job and you're right that the outdoor games have really kind of been his his signature thing that yeah. got him out of that that stigma of not really doing things that are traditional, right?
4: And having as many as 3 per year, right? Because you are well, the, the, the heritage thing. classic yes. games, and not every year, yes, but
0: exact, but yeah. right. And and I think that you could like you don't want to you don't want to oversaturate it, but at the same time there's room to maybe throw a couple more Throughout the the mid part of the season, because like we talked about it for us fans, we're we're waiting for April, right? Yeah. This this starts the grind. We talked about it a couple of shows ago. Here we're getting into the grind of the season for us, where okay, the newness is worn off, and now we're just sitting here basically putting marks on the wall, waiting for that slash mark, you know, for every five until we finally get to April and meaningful hockey again for our fan base. So Throwing a few extra more novelty games in the heart of the season can never really be a bad thing for the league and their branding and their marketing, I think.
4: They have to find ways to get out of being a regional sport. In a lot of ways, it's still a regional sport, right? You start yeah. to compare. I mean, what was what was the, the what everybody's been throwing around the last couple of days? A top 20 uh, rated shows or on television and what, 18 of them in NFL games? Yeah. Right. So, I mean, you're never going to get to that level, but, you know, you have to have to break out and and get to a situation to where you're not just a regional sport that people will
2: tune into a game no matter who it is. Right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And Lightning fans, I mean, unfortunately, fortunately and unfortunately, we gained a lot of fans during the Stanley Cup years. Thank you for uh, just using
0: the one F and not the two Fs for the yeah. fans.
2: Um, So they don't know what it's like not to win. right? And then also when they announced the Seattle Kraken versus Las Vegas, you saw Twitter blowing up that Tampa doesn't get the respect. Okay, I'm tired of that. We got the Global Series game. People forget that we've had that We've had the outdoor game. Yeah. Robert it, shoots. Yeah. It, it, I mean, shooter. it's not two teams that I would have, I would have thought would, would deserve it. If people want to say the deserving because they haven't been around. And like you said, it's a ratings grabber. Um, I, I thought you would have to put one of the big teams in there to both teams travel. Well, we see it when they come here to Tampa, you Even Kraken, only two years in, there's still plenty of Kraken fans, but a lot of them are great. Seattle
4: is a great sports market. Like you think of the support, the Seahawks, the Sounders. um, You know that they're still clamoring to get the Sonics back. Right, it's just a great sports market. Yeah,
2: Yeah.
0: it sucks to live there, but their sports fans are amazing. And Vegas,
2: I mean, you know we we were there strong uh, the first year that Tampa what played there. And then I've been back since. And they they love their team there. And when they come here, there's lots of Knight fans here also. Um, so I can see where the intrigue is there, the two newest teams facing each other. Um, but I really thought you would not need to put a, a Vegas versus, you know, like a New no York Whisper, or no Rangers. Knight. Hey,
0: listen, I will say this. What I love about it is that, it pisses off all the original six-team fans, <laughs> and I'm here for that. I'm always here for that because, I, oh, the Winter Classic, it's going to be two oh six 06 teams. Oh, so every year we only get six teams to choose from from this matchup? Mm-mm, no. And I think that's what I like about it the most. Do I think they deserve it? Probably not. But do I like the fact that the NHL is saying, hey, we don't care. What year you are as a franchise? If you have a fan base and you have a market and you have something that we believe can grow our brands nationally, not regionally, we're going to give you the exposure. And you know what? I think it doubles down off of last year's stadium series with us in Nashville. Did we get the Winter Classic? No, but did we have a premier, prime time outdoor game against another non-traditional market team? Yes, we did, and did we all show up from both sides and make it a most probably the best game of the season last year? Yes, we did. So, and I heard from a lot several of people, people. Were about that. A lot of people were pitching last year that the that the Predators and the Lightning, oh, two two teams from the South, got an outdoor game. Well, guess what? It was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. So, no, do they deserve it? Quote unquote. No, but do the original six teams deserve it offhand? No, they don't either. Right, so- And I'm
2: sure, Eric, you heard this, too, because I heard it from several people inside the organization that they were complimented by the NHL about Tampa fans traveling, about even when, even in Sweden, they were sh- surprised by how many Lightning fans went to Sweden, how many Lightning fans went to Nashville um, for, for the outdoor game last year and even nashville people were surprised on how much tampa fans traveled and the same thing i didn't get the chance to go to sweden but several of my friends did and they were hearing the same thing there from uh, buffalo fans that you know they couldn't believe how many lightning fans there was that there is probably three to one on lightning fans I think
0: come in this fan base. A Nashville was like
2: income. 15 to 1, it seemed like, especially if yeah. you walk down Broadway. On, on Broadway um, it was about 150 to 1. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everybody was just yelling, go bolts all down, all down Broadway. Um, so you know, and I'm sure you heard that too. So I think that's where a lot of fans were also expecting some of these games because you know, we travel well. Sure. And Tampa fans always do, and you're yeah. seeing that now even on away games. Back in the day, you didn't have the one or two maybe Lightning fans in the opposing arena, and now you're actually hearing um, some clapping and some chanting going on at all, uh, all 31 other arenas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, it, the
4: fan base has obviously grown. I said this many times in 2004 the fan base was born you know Mm -hmm. 2020 it's matured right it's it's it's,
0: it's the second generation
4: yeah exactly because you know like like even generation even my son my son was only five years old when they won that first cup right and obviously i was involved in it i was around it a lot uh Mm -hmm. we saw it was in the house a lot because of what i did you know for my job uh so that made an impression on him and by 2011 when they got back to the Eastern Conference Finals, he's like leading parades around our neighborhood. you know yep. with with the theme song, um, what was it all in was the theme that year. Mm-hmm. He's got mm-hmm. that blaring out the back of a truck, a neighbor's truck that they were riding around the neighborhood with lightning flags and everything. So you know, that's what say that O four championship uh, fan base was born, and now you're seeing you know kids who were five, nine, ten years old at that time are now adults. You know, who are still attached to this franchise have a deep and having kids of, of their own for this franchise, that and that's it's like you know I've had this conversation with with Chief a lot, right? The Flyers were only five years into their existence when they won their first cup. Mm-hmm. And it made an impression. And now Philly is looked at as one of the best markets for hockey in the league. It took a while to get there, but because that first cup so early into their existence created that fan base and created that generational fan base. And that's just what we're getting at with the Lightning now. So, yeah, absolutely. The showing up in Nashville made an impression on the league. And I think that's why Jeff Finick is going to get his outdoor game yeah. at some point. It's going to happen. Well-
0: and we're not going to get back to back honors, right? We're not, we're not an original six team. We're not a mass market team yet, but we are showing We're the, how many now 315, 320 now consecutive sellouts, mm-hmm. right? Longest by far in the league. Uh, we show out when we travel. So we, and we've got to share it a little bit. I mean, Florida's getting their uh, Panthers are getting their all-star game and you know it's cool that we're we're helping them out I believe because we're a good they're they're getting benefits for that but we're just going to see more and more opportunities for the NHL to have a footprint here in Tampa Bay the longer we go because of our fan base and our ownership in the last you know 10 to 12 years with Jeffrey Vinick coming in
2: but well, I think Absolutely. it was you that tweeted out Eric that the sellouts don't show up in the ratings and national right ratings tampa doesn't do that great on national tv um yeah. and where and that's some of the numbers that the nhl looks at because when valley puts out theirs, you know they say it's huge market share for the lightning the lightning do, do one of the highest numbers in any of their Bali markets but then when we go to the national games it's not but do you think that's because a, a lot of those national games are here at home and you have 19,000 in the arena or you just or is people just I, cable and not getting no,
0: I don't think we get great matchups in those games. I got to go take a break. If we're going to keep going, I'm fine, but I got to take a break. <laughs> I'm just going to put my two cents. I think we don't have great matchups and great time slots in those TNT games and those natural games. I don't think we have the overall the best matchups all the time.
4: I think, I don't think the league does a good enough job of marketing their stars. Think about the NBA and when they kind of took off is when they started marketing personalities around the league. So now you can get teams in Oklahoma City, right? Memphis, mar- markets that they're not big markets, but because you can promote it on a national scheme or on a national scale, you know, you get that. I, I've always said, Marty saying the Wee in his heyday should have been at the top of the league's marketing. Like he should have been pushed out there because of the underdog story, undrafted, cut from his first team, like bought out from his first contract. And he goes on to have an MVP, you know, season and and eventually a Hall of Fame career. And yet they didn't. And some of it is the culture, right? Like think about in 2008, the whole scene Stamkos um, marketing. Campaign Right. When they had the first overall pick blew up huge. Right. That was under Oren Kulis. Right. Hollywood Mm -hmm. mind knows how to promote that kind of stuff that was under his leadership and under his guidance. Had the previous owners been in charge, they were not going to allow that to happen. Right. The marketing marketing company came up with that. And certainly, if John Tortorella was still the head coach, that was not going to happen. He would not have allowed that to happen because it's never promoting the individual over the team, and that's just kind of the culture of hockey. We, in the in the in you know, a national scope, the NHL, who do they promote? It's always the same guys, right? It's always Sidney Crosby. It's always uh, Alex Ovechkin. Like you don't even hear a lot about Connor McDavid. You should probably hear more about Connor McDavid because of the electrifying player he is, but because of where he plays, you don't maybe see it as much. If he were in New York, if in some place like that, he would get pushed more by the league, but because he plays in the Canadian market, and that's the other thing about the NHL. They're unique in that they're a two-country professional league.
3: Mm-hmm. Right? I mm-hmm. know the
4: NBA has the Raptors and the Blue Jays or an MLB, but there's one franchise. There's eight seven Canadian franchises right so you're having it's and and ratings can get kind of skewed that way too because if you have a Stanley Cup final between a, a Tampa Bay and a Calgary the, the ratings are split right yeah. because all of Canada's watching so they're getting monster ratings and here you've got a small market Tampa team you know, who's not going to train, especially at that point in time, is not going to translate and transcend into a national scene. Part of that is because the league, I don't think, does a good enough job of promoting itself. You know, I've yeah. said it a million times. The league thrives sometimes despite those who run it. Mm. So I, I think that's where some of that comes from. They don't do. I mean, think about the stars that are on this team. You've got how many Hall of Famers are on this team right now? Stand five. Hedman, Five. Vasilevsky, Kucherov, maybe point. If we want to throw Corey Perry in there, that's six Hall of Famers yeah. on this roster right now. The league doesn't talk about it enough. Coates. you made three state, three Sam, straight Stanley Cup Sam finals. Coast.
0: Listen, listen, I, I, we'll talk about it right now. And I'm, I'm <laughs> this is I'm going to get on it now because we're going. This is one of our longest shows. You're welcome. Good job, shooter. Nice short show. <laughs> going on two hours here. I'll get on it.
1: I haven't talked in
0: Steven the last Stamkos. 55 minutes. Stamkos, well, no, because you never talk on this show. That's the problem. You don't really, you don't rain us. Let's go on with Steven what you're Stamkos. saying,
2: Tosh.
0: Steven Stamkos is on the precipice of 500 goals. All we hear about is Ovechkin. That's all we hear about. I get it. I get it. Ovechkin got 800. Okay. Is he going to get Gretzky this year? Nope. He's not. But is Stamkos going to be like, that's the guy. If he was in Toronto. He would we would be hearing about him like McDavid every single day. More than we hear about Matthews for sure we would hear about Samkos more if he was in Toronto or New York or right? like it's ridiculous that just because we're here in Florida that these superstar level players like Kucherov's probably the best right wing in the league. No, it's not probably he is. right. And there's another right winger that's really good that people talk about a lot. And he's better than that. You know what I'm saying? Like that. And we don't even oh, he's an all-star. Well, where's Point? Where's Stamkos? Where's Headman? Where's Vassie. where, where are all these guys, right? Vassy. I mean and selfishly and Luz, though, about- I don't want
4: I don't want Vazzy in the all star game. No, well, <laughs> I want him resting. But that's <laughs> yeah. that's just uh that's just a selfish part of me is uh you know wanting him to rest, but I digress.
0: Moose is why I love the moose even more. People don't give the moose enough credit. When the moose is loose, that's good because we're saving Vassy's juice.
4: <laughs> oh, Adam Record the that one, nice. shooter.
2: <laughs> so I got one more question for you. Why hasn't Perfect signed a deal with Publix yet?
4: You know, I've asked myself that question a
0: lot. <laughs>
2: and,
4: not, and not just in this case, but like, why don't some of these guys have more local
0: endorsements? Local sp- it's because right? I'm not. A ben sports Bishop manager. and Tyler Johnson are
4: about the only ones, right? We'll that see, had not, I need they be used a local
0: to. Manager. But
2: the problem is, is that they all have these, like, all the Russians are, you know, gold star, and he signs them to just the one ja- or upper decker, whatever it is, Jag or whatever. He signs them to for their signatures and for them being able to to do autographs so they don't really get to go out and visit but i remember stamkos didn't have it wasn't here but he had an ad up in toronto yeah. uh, with a watch
0: the um, audio is getting really bad yeah oh oh no. can you hear right. me now am I, am I, no it's it's, it's it getting get progressively worse that they get this episode for some reason usually it's really good
2: but Stammer, Stammer had an uh, endorsement in Toronto, but not here for a watch. But it yeah. never showed here. It only showed in Toronto.
0: How do we not have a, a Lightning endorsed car dealership? We have yeah. five thousand car dealerships in Tampa. We don't have a. Well, single there was one. one right, Ben endorsed. Bishop had one. Yeah, right. it was Dimit. Right, Dimmit. Our, Um Yeah, yeah, uh, and
4: and and uh, I think Tyler had one too. Johnny had the one with them. Uh, as well, yeah, with um, hot tubs,
0: with, and uh, and, with, and the only the other one
4: tubs. I remember is Paul Isabert. I think Paul Isabert yeah. had a Seven Eleven spot locally, like years ago, Elderford. Yeah. There it is, Stephanie. It. Yeah, uh, um, Crown
0: Bishop of Elderford. Yeah, Crown. Yeah. On my, yeah.
4: Well, see that, but that's a team. No, right? that's yeah. different. That's yeah. the team, right? Because we hear Paul Porter yeah. say it every day. This is the Crown on him oh, yeah. last week.
0: Yeah, 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 you hear, yeah. You heard
4: Dave Michigan say it too triple yeah. um, A yeah, for yeah.
2: Tyler. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, so that's even see, Yeah, I don't know. Range. I don't know why there's national...
4: not more, but, but come to think of it, like how right. many Bucks know. players have local. You know,
0: see, deals? and right, exactly. And the, a
4: couple of the races. This, but... this
0: is why we still suffer as an overall market. If we want to get away from sure this, I should just get deep dive in overall sports talk here going into hour number two. This is why I think we still suffer as a sports market nationally because we don't have those type of local sponsors. We don't have that type of local, like fervor for our athletes. And yet I think that's what makes our athletes love to play here. Right. They don't have that pressure. They don't have that overexposure. They don't have, Oh, I've got to go do this commercial and this commercial. And then this person wants me and that person wants me. No, when they're home, they're going to the rink, they're playing hockey and then they're going back home and hanging out with their family or they're doing, you know, so, it's kind of like we we wish that they did a little bit more to put us more on the map as like a sports town, but we also love the accessibility and how they love that. It's just, it, you know, it's just a regular town that they can live in and they're not under a microscope like a Toronto or a New York or a Calgary,
1: but. Are, are players even still doing that? Are they doing like uh, Panarin, Breadman, local... Who's, who's doing like Isotoners?
0: Who's doing the or... Isotoner gloves? Dan Marino. Who's yeah, who's the Marino?
2: But I Marino. mean, we don't even have I don't know the players' charities here. I mean, we just... Hetty just did that one for the wine. But had anybody heard about that before? It's more actually for the SPCA than yeah. for anything else. But, you know, we, players, there's not... Been a player's charity for anybody on this yep. team, where uh, before we had, you know, Vinnie had the biggest charity here in Tampa for the longest yeah. time.
4: Yeah, Richie's Rascals, Cali, yep. yeah, Cali I, had a big one. Well, and
0: maybe part of that, maybe part of that is Mr. Vinick just saying, "Hey guys, I got it. You focus on hockey, and you know, if you want to go do events and stuff, we'll help organize that through the the franchise, but." You don't have to worry about it. You just come to your job. You go home and go go be a family man or whatever. And then I'll handle
2: and that hometown terrible show.
0: donations. Who's done more, right? Who's done more than Jeffrey Vinnick in all of sports? Well, that hometown, uh, North hometown show sports, from you Nick know. Paul,
2: when they interviewed Nick Paul, apparently he had one um, back in Ottawa. And he said right. he's trying to put one together here in Tampa. And I really hope that happens because the one time we had the the Mac and Miller, well, let's and, get our let's
0: get our uh, let's get our nonprofit department on that and reach out to Nick Paul and see if though we could be the ones to make that happen for him. If and if then, he wants
2: to do it, it'll get done. Yeah. The yeah, team will help him out on it for sure. Yeah. And then Miller, and then Miller, you know, got traded. So then it went into um, Mac and Killer um, charity, the Can Jam. So that can
3: only, only happened
2: one season because then COVID hit. Okay. but they haven't they haven't brought it back well of course max gone now but it was supposed to be a different player from every every team was doing that can jam that year and then it totally has not gone anywhere so it's just it's just weird we don't have that here in tampa anymore
0: well and, and you you know that too part of it might be coming out of covid too you know what i mean yeah. like it's still a whole new thing and they had to take basically three entire years off from doing any kind of real pr marketing outside of their uh little bubble so maybe we just give them an extra year and, or two to get back to it
1: and with the endorsements they're still you know we just saw headman and stamkos on that national not true
0: that amazing commercial, it's commercial. <laughs> why the hell yeah. are they going to do like
1: a ford yeah. commercial in Tampa? Yeah.
0: which <laughs> but- which is funny though because that i did just see a video the other day of headman and uh his oldest kid out on the ice together so uh that was pretty cool so <laughs> yeah you, 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 once again you can't believe marketing or hollywood I hate how a fake Hollywood is.
1: Yeah. So, so oh. social media, by the way. So. Right. Cool. Um. Yeah.
0: Listen. All right. Let's wrap it up. Is <laughs> this Eric is going to uh, be
1: our longer show of all articles time. To, to write. Right. I feel like there's like a little rat outside of Thomas Schoolie's home. Just <laughs> yes, chewing, hands chewing on the, the wire. And, and eventually <laughs> he's just going to like disappear on us.
0: Maybe somebody should actually give him a real microphone. Yes, you should. <laughs> Shooter. <laughs>
2: Eric, this was promised to me two birthdays ago. And yeah, sh- shooter, shooter has one sitting at his house for me. <laughs> but it, it sounds like he kicked the rat away because it's not breaking up anymore.
1: Yeah, what do you know? <laughs> hey, someone's a guy of the rat. I eh? have my, ba- my backup. He got, he got Vinny and Mickey
0: to come take care of the rat. Eh? What do you know?
1: All right, uh, lightninginsider.com. Go support Eric. You can get $10 off your first year uh if you go subscribe right now using the code thunder so go check that out go get your monkey colt coffee we've got a code uh for 10% off there goals10 uh that is good until midnight com, and don't forget we will be live next monday after the lightning take on the Kraken for that 4 p.m. start time. So usually right around seven o'clock we'll get in and out before the Buccaneers playoff game next week. Uh, so hopefully we will see you guys then any final words, Eric. I, I just, uh,
4: I, I love these conversations. I love being able to come on with you guys. We, we have a lot of fun. Um, you know, I, I, I love the interaction. I love being able to do this. It's, I, I just have a blast. So you say it's the longest show, but I don't, I don't care. It's uh, that's just how good the conversation is when you go this long. Me
1: blush. Well, yes. Thank you so much for jumping on. We'll get you on again, maybe after the trade deadline. So you don't have to answer the trade deadline <laughs> questions, right. but until then enjoy your four games of lightning hockey. Don't worry. They're going to snap that losing streak tomorrow uh, back at home. Until then, we'll see you. This has been We the Thunder. Don't forget to
0: be Be the thunder. Thunder. That's it?